And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go. It is Friday. It is Groundhog Day. And Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow. So we should be getting an early spring, I guess, is what I hear. Welcome to the program, everyone. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at SciFiForMe.com. I did post yesterday evening my review of Argyle. So go check that out. Give a shout out to people who are listening to this program as a podcast. Uh, You can check out the live stream if you are so inclined. Let me adjust my camera here. It would be nice if the camera kept the settings that I selected every time I shut the whole thing down. Anyway, we do have listeners uh, around the world on our podcast platforms. We call it the Sci-Fi For Me Radio Network. Although the widgets right now are not working, so um, hopefully hopefully you're able to download the, uh, the latest episodes. The map's not working, so apparently there's a bug somewhere inside the hosting platform. I have sent in a ticket. But all the more reason why, you know, we get to various different platforms here where you can partake so uh, so you don't miss anything. So if YouTube's buggy and we've got buffering on YouTube, you can watch us on Odyssey or you can watch us on Rumble. Uh, Odyssey sometimes has, a, has an audio bug glitch in the stream. They still haven't figured out exactly where that is. It's bugging them too. But that gives you uh, a few different options and uh, of course if you're if you're here in uh, in in real time with us live uh, you can jump in the chat if you are not with us live uh, you can still leave a comment or join us on social media send an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com <coughs> excuse me and of course the discord uh, is available for conversations and discussions rants and complaints and general uh, general mayhem as well i uh, give a shout to uh, people in the chat i see cam there's keely there uh, death angel shadow is in there uh keely says uh friday morning tights and midnight's edge are live but i'm here i appreciate that yeah uh there's something like 1100 1200 people watching midnight's edge and there's like thirteen thousand watching friday night tights uh in the morning so i i don't expect a whole lot of people to be here i don't figure i'm gonna go the full three hours because i'm in a mood um so anyway so how many 57 watching Chicken City. Okay. 
You know, I I should uh, I should put a camera on the dog. I I don't I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's in in position there. But everybody say hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. <coughs> and uh, I'll go ahead and put the uh, the link in for anybody who wants to jump in the stream. I do have a couple of real quick things I want to get to before we start doing calls. Uh, Road Vagabond Life over there listening in the Odyssey segment of the multiverse. Uh, okay, so let me pin these so people can see them. Uh, and uh, there we go. Now, a uh, couple of things real quick that I want to do uh, early. Uh, just just a couple of news items. This is not, not a huge thing. It's not a big surprise. <coughs> Uh, Jim Carrey is coming back for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Now, of course, everybody had, had figured he'd retired from acting, but he is back. Variety are reporting this. Uh, Jim Carrey will reprise his role as the mad scientist with the formidable facial hair in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. News comes despite the fact that the second film in the series ended with Dr. Robotnik falling from a giant robot to the ground below potentially fatal tumble. In the film's post-credits scene, however, it is revealed that Dr. Robotnik's body has not been found, setting the stage for Sonic's main antagonist to make a dramatic return. So, bum, 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 big surprise there, not really. And we also got a little uh, video tease dropped uh, this morning. It's nothing really, but uh, it's just it's just a logo... It's just an animated logo here. Let me turn that down so you can see. And I'll make this full. It it's it's just the logo. It's just a big three and a Sonic logo. And there's there's Robotnik's uh, uh, little little laugh. So so teasing Doctor Robotnik's return. Uh, for anybody who is is interested in that, also we've got this one thing here. <coughs> I pinned the wrong. I pinned the wrong comment. Where did I pin? What did I pin? Oh, I pinned the wrong comment. Hold on. Thank you for that, uh, Road Vagabond Life. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I've only had a couple of couple of cups of coffee. All right, there it is. I, that's that's the right one. Of course, that in, that implies uh, that that there might be interest over on the Odyssey side for for anybody to join the call too. So you know, um, I'm just saying. Here's the thing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull this in this away. George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin, writing in his blog a couple of days ago, January 29th. Still not finished. Uh, yeah, he's, he's never going to. The blog entry, Dark Days, January 29th. He says, and I'm reading here from, from George R. R. Martin's blog. So these are George R. R. Martin's words, which are not part of the novel that he's not going to finish. In years past, I would often do a not-a-blog post on or about New Year's, looking back over the year that was ending and ahead to the year to come. 
This year, though, as I reflected on the year we had just lived through, I found I had no appetite for living through any of that again. 2023 was a nightmare of a year for the world and the nation and for me and mine, both professionally and personally. I am very glad that it is over. Unfortunately, so far, 2024 looks to be even worse. There is war everywhere. Ukraine and Gaza dominate the news. But there is a war in Myanmar as well that our Western media just ignores. Things are heating up in Yemen and the Red Sea. North Korea has nukes and is testing missiles and rattling sabers. Venezuela is threatening to annex three-quarters of neighboring Guyana. Meanwhile, the U.S. grows more polarized every day. Hate is rising. Democracy is under threat. By the way... We're a representative republic, not a democracy. Millions of Americans have swallowed the lie that the 2020 election was stolen. It was. There's proof. Newspeak has taken over political discourse. Cancel culture is destroying lives and careers. That I can agree with. And we have a disgraced, indicted, venomous ex-president winning primaries despite openly declaring that he'll be a dictator on day one and will govern on a platform of retribution when he's not busy grabbing women by the... um, (laughs) His last attempt to overthrow the government failed on January 6th. By the way, that trial's been taken off the docket calendar. Just saying. Just saying. But some of his more ardent supporters are now saying that next time they'll bring more guns. There are actually folks out there wanting civil war. No, no, no. We don't want it. But you are doing all your dead level best to make it happen, left. It is hard to escape the feeling that we are living in the Weimar Republic. Gee, you know, I, I seem to recall... I'm, I seem to recall... Check me on this, business boss. Wasn't there somebody who posted on social media a warning that we could be descending into the same kind of things that the Weimar Republic were doing? That 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 photograph from Poland, the woman being chased around by her neighbor. Who who was it that posted that? Was it? It was somebody. It was so, oh yeah, it was Gina Carano, and she got fired for it. George R. R. Martin is is kind of saying the same thing. Is he going to get? I mean, he knows about cancel cult because they came after him for mispronouncing some foreign names or whatever during an award ceremony. I think it was Worldcon. How dare he, white massages males, races? Some. Some names are hard to pronounce. I I personally had a little bit of trouble with the last name. Are, are some of you may be familiar with the performer Basha? Basha is Polish. She's an excellent singer. She's very popular back in the day. And I wasn't quite sure how to pronounce her name until I heard Casey Kasem say it on America's Top 40. Basha Shetzelewska. Now, you try to say that three times fast. Or you try to say that when you're under pressure to perform on, on camera in front of somebody. I'm not saying, you know, some of these names are difficult to pronounce. Even if you have a phonetic 
phonetic spelling in front. <clears throat> I mean, we know some people who've hey. had some had some issues with pronouncing names like Eckstein and such. And fun. Yeah. Road Vagabond Life says, I have a Basha CD. I'm that old. I have all three of them. Well, I have I have three of them. I don't know if I've got all, th- if that's all that, that she did, but yeah. Uh, MS uh, in the chat, welcome. Does Sonic have any other adversary besides Dr. Robotnik? Also, Shadow was teased at the end of Sonic 2. Yeah, uh, I I haven't seen any of them, so I don't, I don't know. Yes, Mrs. Boss, you got... No, I was just moving us down so I didn't have to sit there and hear you later. You have a mic. You have a mic. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> all right. So I'm not going to finish uh, all of this, but George, just finish the damn book. Just shut up. And do your homework and look at the news. That's not like well, how, I mean, off, how old. The news is propaganda anyway, so it's not like it's going to give us anything truthful. Remember, the media lies to you, folks. And and for all that everybody wants to to mouth breathe about uh, about Taylor Swift and and all of the stuff going on, it's not it's not the fact that Taylor Swift is at the football game, right? It's not the fact because you know somebody was saying. Oh, I don't even remember all the outrage of the L.A. Lakers when they did a camera shot of Jack Nicholson showing up. No, no, it's it, you, you can't compare the two because when Jack Nicholson was at a Lakers game, it was just, hey, there's Jack Nicholson. He's at a Lakers game. And every now and again, you get a shot of him. But there wasn't 24-7, 365 and a quarter days of media coverage outside of Jack Nicholson. Here's a shot of Jack Nicholson sitting on the sideline. Which always happens. It's the Lakers in Los Angeles. You are going to see everybody on the sidelines. And you're not going to get Jack Nicholson on the cover of 12 Dozen Magazines the next week. And blogs writing about it and 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 podcasts about it and TV shows about it and all this other garbage. Back in the day when Schwarzenegger was the governor, he was at every Kings game practically. My uncle sat near him and it was just, so what? It He's is there. They didn't make a big deal of it. I the, mean, I know it's the Kings, not yeah. the Lakers, but still. The difference in this for a lot of people on the right and and even some people who are not on the right, the way this feels manufactured. Now I've talked about this before, and we've even got you know some news articles talking about how the administration is looking at how they could use her to recruit uh, you know voters, you know get get people to register to vote and all this. Like this whole thing feels like a setup because. Who's a major advertiser sponsor of the NFL games right now? Pfizer. Who is uh, using uh, Taylor's boyfriend in advertising to get yourself poked? Pfizer. It's it's it feels like whether it is or not, it could very well be genuine. And you know what? If 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 Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are are a real item. And they end up tying the knot, and they have four babies, and they live in Montana, and they have a happy life together. Great. 
more power to them. But there's nothing that I've seen so far that convinces me that this is a genuine, real thing. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay, what was the other thing? Oh, the other thing. I'm going to say this one thing because I keep saying that one of the reasons I'm in the mood. Because every time I go on to Twixer, I'm seeing a bunch of this comics drama. I am so glad that I am not an indie comics creator right now. Because all of the stuff going back and forth between Ethan Van Skyver and Eric July, is it has gotten beyond ridiculous now. I mean, how many weeks are we at this? And I know some of the people here have been have been contributing to the conversation, the discussion, and and, and but then the name calling and the it, it, the neener neenering. I mean, it's just getting so silly, ridiculous, junior high, mean girl stuff. I mean, this is you can't sit at our table in the cafeteria. That's where we're at now, and it's ridiculous. Eric July made millions of dollars on his project. Good for him. Ethan's made millions of dollars on his project. Good for him. Ethan's late on books. Eric's delivered his books. Do with that what you will. They, they've each got their own processes. They've each got their own systems or however they're going to the, conduct their business. And if you're a fan of one and you're not a fan of the other, fine. But my God, give it a rest already. And they're just, they're not helping. They're, they're, they're fanning the flames. And I don't know, some of this stuff is, is for clicks. I get it. But it just gets so tiring after a while. By the way. Did you ever read that article I sent you on Villa, what's his name, for Dune? Denny Villeneuve? No, I hadn't. Uh, I've, seen some, I've seen some articles, some headlines. Um, Dune Part 2 might be, uh, might be doomed, folks. Uh, let, me, let me look that up while I bring in Cam, who's calling in. I'm, Hi, Cam. I'm going to say it's going to be doomed because when I read that, any happiness or whatever you want to call it, excitement. Because you know I already, you and I have talked about this, I already have my reservations because of how mental the second half of the book is. Yeah. And so you have to be able to tell the story that's in the heads of these people physically. And then I read this, and I'm kind of like, no. Now, I understand more with Jessica because of what she goes through. Well, hang on. Let me, let me get this article popped up because it's taking forever. My, my browser is so stinking slow. I'm uh, just, De I'm. Death Angel Shadow says, wait, what did I miss? <laughs> you haven't been on Twitter in what? How long? Uh, okay, let's see here. I'm going to pull this up. Uh, ba -da -ba -da -ba. Hi, Cam. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I guess I'm doing all right. Okay. Well, your 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 level right there is about fifty percent of 
of where I've been this week. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I I am so I am so tired. Uh, okay, this is this is John Trent over at that park place. So uh, uh, consider the source, take it for what it's worth. I know, I know, because it's about it's that. it's John Trent. Uh, Dune Part Two director Denis Villeneuve recently shared that he makes Connie the main character of the sequel and live action live action adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel. Speaking with Games Radar, Villeneuve admitted, quote, as the movie progresses, there's a shift in the main character and Shani becomes my reference as point of view. Villeneuve also shared that he's giving the character of Lady Jessica a larger role in this film. Quote, strangely, Jessica's more in the background in the second part of the novel. I thought that was not proper. He explained, she's still Lady Jessica, the main architect of the story. I thought that was a very powerful idea that was not sustained in the book. I made sure she has the character presence in the second part. So, okay. Um, well, can I uh, give a thought on that? Yeah. Well, the thing about, uh, who knows how this is going to turn out, but what <laughs> they mentioned right there was uh, from Chani's uh, point of view. If if that's uh, a choice they're making, uh, that's a little different from it being about her, you know, because she's you know she's the one watching, uh, you know, Muad'Dib, yeah, you know, closely uh, in these things. So if it's kind of from her perspective of what's going on, I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that. But if it becomes about her and what she's doing, well, then that's not. What well, is. and then that should be something that they. You know, he points out that due to the way the book is, for me to be able to put it on screen for the whole world to see better or understand it, I'm having to twist it a little bit so that we'd see it from Shawnee versus what's going on in his head well, or in Jessica's head. Okay, to be to be to be that guy. Yes. This is uh, this is not the direct source. If he's giving the interview with Games Radar, need to go and over John, there and John is pulling it. certain quotes out of the Games Radar interview. There is there is no guarantee that this is everything that Villeneuve said. No, and I, I understand that. And like I said, so. this was what an early morning. I was trolling Facebook and I saw this come yeah. through. And but with today's with today's what got me was with today's culture, atmosphere, thought processing, you know, I understand how strongly women are through the six books. I mean, for Lord's sakes. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it is about the women in the end-ish. And so that's fine, but with today's culture and everything – you automatically jump to the assumption. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they already screwed up with, you know, changing what's his name to what's her name in the first movie. And it wasn't until I got into the book that I could better understand what Jason and Tim were talking about. Hello. How, how, how do you sit there and go about the fact that, you know, that was supposed to be her father? Not some random woman. Well. I mean, that was not a period of time where girls, boys, whatever, could have babies. I don't know. But anyway, I'm just I'm just saying. it's It, it just, it starts, 
any comment raises a red flag. It's like looking at something and seeing a rainbow over there. Red flag. Yeah. You can't just enjoy it. Well, and I think I think the other part of it too is like like Death Angel's Shadow is is asking here is like are we extrapolating because of being burned so many times in the past decade? I think there's there's a there is a risk here for a second that um, you know we we jump to these assumptions, we jump to these conclusions, and sit there and go, well, oh, that means you know we shake our finger at it. I mean, dungeon. Look at what happened with Dungeons and Dragons. You know, Dungeons and Dragons, the, the 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 two kids that were directing it, they came out and they said one stupid thing, and everybody blew a gasket, and it was a pretty good movie. Apparently, there's a dragon in there. Yeah, and he's fat. <laughs> like a beagle? And I love it. <laughs> we fat, will, fat like a bantha. We will sit and watch it. I make that... I th- we will sit and watch it this weekend. If you're what? okay with that, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, yeah, because I've... you think I might like it. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. That's right. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, go. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. And you've wanted me to watch it, so I will go watch it with you this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, um, William Shatner trolling. He says Happy Groundhog Day, and then he retweeted and said Happy Groundhog Day. <laughs> I've seen that a few times. I was reading yeah. my. Uh, news stuff today and they put the exact same thing twice yeah on their heart i I thought "Ah." about i thought about doing two runs with the opening credit the the title sequence and and stuff but i i didn't you need to have sunny and share but you'd get dinged yeah death angels the, the fat dragon was canon before the movie yep yep and a lot of people were very excited about seeing him it's like, oh, that's there with it. There, there he is. It was fun. But I mean, come on, it's a fat dragon. I don't know. Anyway, um, I just uh, we 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 have a tendency to jump onto whatever bandwagon there is at the moment and whatever the latest outrage is at the moment and whoever the next enemy is at the moment. And it's just so tiring. It's just so much just... uh, We've kind of also been programmed. That's true. Yes, we have. We have. (coughs) Uh, So anyway, I, I don't know. I just... You know, it's it's one of those things. I think Cam stepped away for a second. He, he'll be he'll be back. Um, but it's <laughs> it's one of those things where uh, y- how much how much outrage can we have? How much can there be for us to sit there and go? Oh, I'm so sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of this. It's hard not to. Well, well yeah, I like get I said, it. we've been programmed. I mean, we've got this and this and that, and like you know, we've been disappointed and stuff like that. But there just it gets to a point where the anger well, just keeps getting built up. Part of it, part of it also is the fact that, like we talked about before, outrage generates traffic and traffic generates dollars because you know we we get the occasional 
we get the occasional uh, a super chat here, and it's not anything that I drive toward and sit there and go, oh, yo, give us money, give us money. <coughs> they have the the super thanks thing, whatever, which is you know money you can go and and give us if even if we're not streaming, you've got the super chats you can do when we're live. But outside of that, the YouTube ads is really the only revenue that we've got coming in. And if we have 13,000 people watching, which we don't, but if we have 13,000 people watching and you've got one or two people in there, you know, half a dozen people dropping, you know, 15, 20 dollars super chats, then it starts to add up. <coughs> Even though YouTube takes what, 45% of it or something, it's it's a ridiculous amount. But, you know, I, okay, but I don't want to, I don't want to get to that point where we are saying the outrageous things in order to provoke a reaction. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking Mrs. Boss through the animated Superman series right now uh, from the 90s. And we just watched last night. We watched Livewire episode, and you have uh, Shock Jock Livewire uh, being uh, being outrageous. And Lois asks her, "Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you being so hard on Superman? Why are you being so so negative and outrageous and, and cynical and stuff?" And it's like, "This is this is what we do. I say I say outrageous things in order to provoke a reaction." That's that's not totally honest. If, if you're saying something just to get a rise out of people, wh whether you believe it or not, then it's it's a little it's a little disingenuous. Well, do you really believe this? Or are you just saying it for the clicks? And we get into this mindset now where everything has to be driven by. Traffic, response, likes, retweets, uh, uh, comments, and whatnot. And you have the, the you know, the dopamine, serotonin hits, and all of that. And and you start to, you start to form habits, <coughs> and you and you sit there and go, well, you know, look, I've got I've got twelve thousand people looking at this at this video today, and and yesterday's I only had twenty. And, and you get there. Uh, Cyber Snob says, you know what would add more subs? Nudity. <laughs> well, you know. Have you looked at Todd over there? Uh, Todd, Todd is Todd is as stripped down as you can get. <coughs> and, so and if I, I go think... over there and start ripping off his arm, do you think we could? I mean, I, I'm ripping off a naked. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Uh, 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 Shadow says, Twitch tried that, lasted about 12 hours. Um I mean, you could do that. Uh, I I guess. I'm. I don't know. I mean, I I'm I'm not sure that anybody would want to see that here, though, because it's just really kind of not doesn't quite fit the tone of what we do. Maybe a little, kind of. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we could rip off one of his legs. I and mean, do a we've cooking got, show. We've got naked dogs. No, well, no, no, they're want? not naked. If I take off their collar, then they're naked. Well, I mean, it is, are we got any of them over there? Oh, the camera's not on. 
<coughs> oh yeah, he's always here. That's like a guarantee. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, I can take his collar off. No, that's that's, that's 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 okay. All right, Cam's back. Welcome. Uh, good to see you again. Hi. Yep. Sorry. No, Sorry, I, okay. I missed a little bit. That's all right. I was just I was just griping about the people griping. We were talking uh, bad about you, so you are so welcome <laughs> to rage. Oh. We might bring people in. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm a little used to that uh, at this point, so it's uh, it's all good. Um, MS says this show is too old fashioned. He is old fashioned over there. Uh, Stop says when people appreciate nudity, it's not the bones we're looking at. You know, it, it's funny you should mention that uh, Posobiec uh, posted this apparently over on 4chan. There is a thread where people are using AI in in a wholesome manner. They're taking photographs that women have been putting, you know, thirst trap photographs, women who are scantily clad or they're showing off their tattoos, and whatnot. And they're using they're using AI to remove tattoos and put clothes on these women. And 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 the reactions been, you know, they actually look more attractive with their clothes on. Because it it you know there's something to be said for modesty, I, I I think. So anyway, Cam, what do you got? What what are you what are you thinking today? How are you doing today? Well, let, let me start with uh, George R. R. Martin. Uh, disclaimer: This is my opinion only. Okay. Uh, is a piece of crap, and I never want to hear from him again. <laughs> um, he's he's utterly betrayed his fans. Um, with this, oh, I'm going to get it done, and you know, it, it just uh, that's not how you do business, and. I, 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 I really feel that that is a betrayal as a, as a creator. This is not like, oh, you know, he, he can't do this or whatever. He just doesn't want to. And people have basically paid for a, a partial product, you know. Um, and I just have no respect for that at all or for him. Well, he's prioritized his TV stuff. And you know that's the that's that's where the immediate money is. So and he's basically lumped himself with comic creators who are writing for the Netflix. Yeah, versus yeah, this so com- he, this comic no book is a Netflix them. bitch. Oh, and there's you know there's a few people because we were even talking you know I was talking to Aaron Ryan yesterday about his his trilogy and he says absolutely I'm thinking about it in terms of of what it would look like visually. Because if it does get picked up, if it does get some kind of an adaptation, might as well be ready for it. Okay. But if you're writing it strictly so that you can get that filmed media deal, then I think your motivations are a little suspect. But but that's just me. Yeah, and he's free to make whatever business uh, and creative choices he wants. And he, well, and he's he can get the feedback from it. So Yeah. But not that he cares what I think. Yeah. <laughs> People will still go and buy his books when it comes out. Well, and you if know, if it comes out, one of these days. I mean, Patrick Rothmus is still behind on a book. Apparently, that he's like twelve or fifteen years late on a book that he was supposed to do. David Gerald has got whatever you know the 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 latest tour book that he's supposed to be doing. That's something like. 15, 20 years late. So it, Martin, George R.R. R. Martin is not the only one who is who is in that camp of, of the guilty. Well, and I know my mom goes. was one of those people. Who who was it that wrote um, the Clan of the Cape Affairs uh, Clan of the Cape. Uh, series? That was a series? Clan of the Cave Bears? There was like four books. 
And she took forever between each one because of all the research she did. And Clan. I think of her, I think her daughter ended up finishing it because she had passed away. Clan of the Cave Bear. Um, yeah. I'll have to. Mom was, I mean, when the, the, the last one came out, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Snob says uh, he'll have a heart attack before the book comes out. Because how big he is. Clan of the Caber. All right, I'm 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 looking it up. But yeah, I, I, I think that I think that Martin's priorities are a little skewed. Um, but we've seen uh, we've seen in uh, uh, different uh, different sectors of the creative space where you have uh, you have creators that are late on stuff. I mean, Ethan's late. Ethan's late on some books. He's not the only one, but you know, there's indie comics creators that are late. There's there's films that get delayed. There's there's TV series that are in development hell for ever. Now I get it. In some of those cases, you know, as far as the the TVs and the movies, you know, there are a lot of different factors that come into play there for why something gets delayed. But if you have if you have somebody like a George R. R. Martin, who just hasn't gotten the thing done, you got nobody else to blame but George R. R. Martin. So, you know, uh, this is I only read the first two books in the in the whole Game of Thrones series, but. Uh, in my opinion, and and I had I had friends that were talking these books up like crazy for the longest time, and I finally broke down and said, okay, I'm going to read it. And I read the prologue, and I was like, oh my god, they're right. This this is like, it it, it evoked such a, a, a vision uh, as someone who likes role playing and things like that and fantasy. I was like, this is great, and that was the peak of everything. It went downhill from there. Yeah. Um, so I. I you know, I'm not a fan at all. I, the the TV, TV show was also garbage, in my opinion. Once I was able to relax and realize just how far off the TV series had gone, because it, it was decent for a bit, but then, you know, they're having to come up with their own stuff. Once I just realized to not try to have an expectation, I started enjoying the show more. As for the books... Book three is my favorite of all of them, but I think that was also the top end of it because when the I get why the book the next books were split because of everything that was having to happen, and there was just it would have been like this massive block of pages like this big, um, but that's where he lost me because the first one was surrounded by all these other characters that you're just kind of now learning about. And then finally we get into the second half and you realize what has, you know, what he's done between the two books, but the interest was lost at that point. Well, the the other, the other aspect of that is you have a completely different kind of writer uh, doing that that l- those last couple of seasons because they don't have the source material, and Benioff and Wise and and their writer staff they're not George R. R. Martin so they don't know exactly where where to take it next and uh, and it shows. Uh, well, Sci-Fi Snob is joining the call. Let me let me acknowledge him for a moment there. Welcome, sir. How are you? 
I accept your acknowledgement. Yeah, I'll add my two cents in with the Game of Thrones. Um, I, I like the TV series Game of Thrones. I saw the, the... I was a bit behind of everybody else, but I saw the, the shows before I read the books. I started reading the first book, and then I found it almost exactly as the same as the first season. You know, Sean Bean dies and everything. I was like, what the hell am I reading this for? <laughs> uh, it's exactly the same. I'm wasting my time. So I stopped. But then, you know, of course, this was, I don't know, this was maybe during the third or fourth season when, when this was going on. But of course, uh, I'm going to reflect the conventional wisdom. You know, after the fourth season, the show goes extremely down. I mean, there's a, a huge... It's not a cliff, but it's a it's a quite a steep downhill until the eighth season, which was really horrible. The seventh season, which was bad, and you know it just goes from a five. You know it just starts to go downhill, yeah. and it's obvious. You know you're right. The guys who wrote the TV show are not as good writers as George R. R. Martin. Let's face it. The you know it, it seriously drops at the end. You're going like what? The guy who's the most who's got the best story is the guy who was in the wheelchair and got yeah. dragged around the place on a sled oh, by a, a what? Him. What the hell is going on? Anyway, <sighs> it's just stupid. But, yeah, I hated um, him in the way it ended. I will take the lost ending over this any day. Yeah, and the lost ending wasn't good either, but it wasn't that bad. Exactly. Uh, the um yeah and and listen i don't think martin's ever going to finish the book like he's had how many years to finish it he keeps talking about how he's got 1200 pages in his head or something like that i mean he's been executive producer on these tv shows i mean like if you were george r r martin you would not go and say i was the executive pro- i had anything to do with season 8 season 8's horrible yeah right like you would never admit to that i mean what does he do on these shows he probably stands there looks around and they do their thing and they go that looks pretty good doesn't it um mr martin and he goes yeah yeah that looks good I'm fine. yeah where's my check it looks great yeah where's my yeah. check like like he couldn't write the thing like during these the 10 years the show was on well at, on. At he's the, not doing anything at the he's very not... least if he's got those 1200 pages in his head and he kind of knows where the story's going to go at the very least he could give Benioff and Wise uh, a bullet list and said, here are the highlights. Go this direction. Here's where I'm planning to take this. And and I mean, they, we don't know that there was any of that. They're making the show for 10 years. Like, like I'm sure he I'm sure he was on set because it was cool and it was fun and everyone was, like, bowing down towards him. But, you know, the where would he, if, let's say that he actually did work on the show and actually did something other than, you know, like he was in the writer's room or something. I don't know where he was. I suspect he was just walking around and, and basking in the glory. But let's say he was in the writer's room. They write, you know, they write before the season starts. That stuff's all done. Yes. They, they do a couple of months of work and then they shoot for eight months or whatever. And then they go back or however long it takes and they go back. Like you tell me he couldn't write during that time. He's just lazy. He doesn't want to do it. For whatever reason, he's lost interest in this series and he doesn't want to carry on finishing the story. Yeah, it's not just uh, one book. It's not like it's just one book to finish. There's, what, three more books that are supposed to come out? Well, he could do whatever he wanted. He could do one book if he wants, right? Like, yeah. he doesn't have to do three, does he? I mean, does he have a con? Maybe he has a contract. I don't know. Yeah, he can He can just drop the ball and put everything in the last chapter like they did for Hunger Games in the last book. <laughs> 
Well, the 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 other thing too is he doesn't want to do it. Got, well, he, he's also got wild cards that they're that they're trying to make a series out of. There we go again. So. TV. Uh, money. I, yeah, but the I wild think that's card, more proof that cards, he's lost interest in Game of Thrones. Ma- well, it could be. It could be. Wild Cards is a different is a different animal though because it's not just him. It's an anthology with a lot of different authors writing short stories and novellas in a universe that Martin co-created. So it's a it's a, it's a different kind of scenario than Game of Thrones. So then so he, he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be as involved in wild cards. Um we, we it's it's but it's it's totally like it's totally human to get you know you start writing this story and then after some point it's it's a completely human thing to go oh I hate yeah. this universe that I created. I liked it now but I've had to do all these books and then to sit and go oh I signed this contract for 10 more books oh yeah. god and I don't even want to do any of them. Like it's it's really I mean that's a very human thing which I would which I would say to authors hey never sign a only sign a contract for one book because then you do that book and you're like no I hate this shit now I'm not doing any more of it I'm going to do something else yeah and I well, know it's going to be successful because because I can just you know I can do oh, I'll do this and people go hey from the guy from Game of Thrones well the other it. the other so. aspect of that too is it it could very well be that he's just really so tired of. Uh, all of the all of the hassle that he's been getting from people, and I I've been in those situations where I have a I have a project that I've got to get done, and everybody that's involved in it or people that are waiting on it there are, there are there are people that are behaving so so badly around this thing or God I got to have another meeting with this one person or I got to have this conversation for the six thousandth time to try to tell them how it's supposed to be done. You know, at, at some point you get reluctant to finish. I mean, it's not a, it's you don't get intimidated, but it's just you just get so frustrated with the circumstances that you just don't even. Yes, I know I've got to finish it, but I just don't want to. I just How's don't. How's your rotoscoping going? Yeah, you know, I, I I totally agree with that. Jason, I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, you have a, some sort of project or like you say, you're going to get a video out or something like that and people bug you about it. And it's like every time they bug me, I'm just going to put it back by another week. Yeah, that's it. I'm not going to do nothing with it. Yeah. Well, and and Mazers, Jason, I'm, I'm Jason not sure. Well, you know, <laughs> Mazer is sitting there saying we've got Mindy at the big people table and Jason and the boys at the boys table. Um, OK, the reason that this layout is the way it is. In the video, those of you who are listening to the podcast, Mindy is full full size screen in one half of the screen, and all of us here are squeezed in together on the other side of the screen. And the reason for that is is because one, <clears throat> we're using Streamyard instead of Zoom to bring everybody in uh, to the to the call, and two, uh, I I am not able to feed the show into StreamYard the way I can do Zoom. So everybody who's in the call, everybody who's on StreamYard, actually cannot see the show as it plays out, you know, with all of the graphics and the animations and everything else, like we could if I was if we were using Zoom. Because Zoom has been cattywampus crooked whatever pixelation and, and the and the connection has not been all that great. <coughs> And we haven't got the the paid account now that gives us the the longer no limit calls. 
So we're having to deal with this. So, yes, Mindy gets a, a bigger picture on the screen than all of the rest of us. But I could just take her off the screen altogether. And Mindy is coming that. in on through Zoom? No, you got you guys are coming in through StreamYard. Mindy's here in the studio. Yeah, yeah. But oh, you just, the way we used Zoom, the way we used to do it, we're not using Zoom. Right. We could because right. because OBS can take this and feed it back in. But if I were to do that, then going through Streamyard, it would look it it, it would be just weird. So anyway, so a technical thing is is why Mindy's at the at the bigger table. So anyway. I don't know. I just I I think I think you guys are right. I think Martin's lost interest. I think he's uh, I think he's just decided that he's he's done. He's probably got some notes somewhere, and he may have somebody in mind to pick up the slack when he dies. But we probably won't get any more George R. R. Martin books until after George R. R. Martin is dead, and yeah, then so we'll just... get and then it'll be like a Robert Jordan, Brandon Sanderson type thing. A uh, Tom Clancy, uh... yeah, thing. Written by, yeah. so I I'm just saying that because I think anyone who's a fan of the show or a fan of Game of Thrones, and I'm kind of a fan of the TV, but I haven't read the books. But uh, anyone who's just don't waste your time waiting for it because it's not going to happen. Is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, go go find either either go find new stuff. Yeah. Or go back to the older stuff. Go read. Go read Gulliver of Mars. Go read John Carter. Go read. Uh, you know. Go read Edgar Rice Burroughs or Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, MS says, I don't read a book or watch a show anymore unless it's finished. I mean, that's another, that's another valid, uh, complaint. You know, I'm going to get just so far into this thing and then, uh, you know, the series gets canceled or the author dies and the book series never gets finished or, or what, oh, like how that. many, how many so, times they do that to <laughs> science fiction? Oh yeah. I'm still, I'm still salty about the, uh, raised by wolves. They can that. Yeah, there's a huge there's a huge discord trying to bring it back. But I'm I, you know, I think oh, they're crazy. They're not. Gonna there's a there's on. a there are a bunch of shows that are like that. And and yeah. sci fi channel was really bad about it for a while yeah. because they'd get past three seasons and then they're, they're done. But part, Netflix, part of that um, part of that is because that. when it gets popular, then it gets more expensive because, yeah. you know, you got to renegotiate your salaries and your cast decides they want more money. And, and it's like with friends, you know, friends blew up and they sat there and they said, OK, you want friends to continue. You're going to pay each one of us a million dollars an episode. But they still made money. Show. Well, yeah, I mean, they, made, they money. made money on that millions of do million yeah. dollars. They still made the, the network made a fortune off that. They, uh, <laughs> they didn't really lose. Yeah. Um, you know, this. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say th this. This subject with, uh, you know, lateness and not completing things, and everything does segue into the other thing you were talking about with the in the comics world. Yeah. Um, and, and there's been, um, I mean, there there's various reasons why I'm not backing certain things anymore. But one of them that is very significant is um, that I I just don't feel like waiting ten years for a very short story when it comes down to it. And it's uh, again, it gets to be. I'm a customer, so I speak from the customer perspective. Sure. It gets to be disrespectful to the customer when when you you sell me on a piece of something and then you expect me to just kind of hang on for ten years, whatever it might be. Uh, sorry, I'm 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 I got to jump off at that point. It's yeah. just choose the kind of story that you can tell, and if you can't, then you know don't do that. 
Well, how long have we been waiting for B. Clay Moore and his book that he fund, funded on Kickstarter? It's got to be pushing 10 years. At least. At least that much. And um, uh, who was it? Was it was it Zoe Quinn that, that crowdfunded a, a, a video game that never happened? But, oh, hey, look at my trip to Japan. You know, people start to get burned on this stuff, not just something's late, but you start to see evidence that the money's getting spent places where you shouldn't ought to be spent. And the credibility of the creator then falls into uh, suspicion as well. It's like, well, wait a minute. Are you really... Are you really trying to put together a comic book to sell us this thing, or are you just looking for money? Yeah, and, and in terms of, again, you mentioned about you know all of the infighting insanity that's going on in the indie comic space, yeah. or at least this segment of it. With uh, These people, certain people, don't seem to care who gets, who, who gets caught up in this. You know, people that are completely innocent, and they're just, you know, they, they join on to a hashtag or a movement or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. in good faith, uh, in which customers have also joined in good faith. And then you have people sullying the name of that thing, which sullies the people attached to it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it's great if we can say, hey, that person's not responsible for this, whatever. But it sours people on it. I, I don't know how many people have talked to me uh, recently uh, that are, are fans of one segment and and they come and they say well you know i i never even read comics before but i read them here and i wanted to see more and then i see this garbage going on yeah and it turns it off if you're pushing away customers you're doing it wrong agree i i agree i absolutely I, agree and I mean, and and that's I, that's true of both sides yes. because or, or however many sides depending on which argument you look at i mean you right. go all the way back to the war campaign crap you know at, 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 any of this stuff it, it is bad business to sit there and behave in a way that alienates your customer base, Kelly Sue DeConnick. It is that that goes all the way back. You know, if you don't like my politics, don't like don't buy my book. OK, fine. I don't like your online behavior. I don't like your cruelty. I don't like your your shenanigans. I don't like your 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 inability to focus on getting a damn project done. Yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, fill in, fill in the blank. If you're doing things that alienate the customer, then it is bad business practice. Okay. What the thing is, is, I mean, I, I agree with both of you on that, but I mean, look, everybody is doing it. I mean, the, the big wig professionals, Disney is doing it. One of the largest entertainment companies yeah. in the world, and they're doing it. So, and they're losing you know, money. I saw something well, the other day. Oh, was it was it Park, agree, Park Place? It just, they've they've lost another twelve twelve billion dollars or something. I mean, get woke, go broke actually does does have a a, but, a meaning to yeah. it. And, and I'm not saying all of these guys are going woke, but yeah. th they're acting in a way. You know, you complain about well, the cancel cult. And then you start doing it to each other. I, yeah, it makes I, no I mean, sense. I totally, to I totally agree. But my, my point is, is that, you know, the small guys are doing it, but they see the big guys doing it and the big guys not stopping doing it. Maybe there's a little bit of spillover. I mean, I think uh, I think the solution is, I mean, I followed the comic skate stuff. I haven't followed it recently because 
uh, you know, it, it's just stupid. I know that some people are fighting with some people about something. I don't even know the details, <laughs> but I'm just like, ah, it's just that's ah, stupid. I'm not going to ignore it all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of maybe, you know, maybe I'm just old, but if I happen to, you know, I would never join an organization that would have me. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. But, um, but you know, if I was a creator in that space, I would simply say, you know, people ask me, are you on team A or team B? And I go, I'm here to, you know, to make good whatever it is I'm making. Right? Yeah. Well, which team are you on? I'm here to make good stuff and I want well, you to like my stuff. And I don't give a shit enough. about and, the and, Peter Samedi. I don't give a shit about all this fighting. I don't care. Well, Peter, Peter, Samedi, I want. Peter Samedi is a good example because anybody asks him what, what side are you on? He's on, I'm team comics. I just want to sell comic books. I'm on team you know, that's his, that's his. That's his and, answer. And it works for him. So why not, you know. The, yeah. I, I, you know, I hear you guys saying, oh, people are getting dragged in. But, I mean, Peter Samedi has proven that you you don't have to get dragged in. And, yeah. and you know, how can some other person drag you in? You tell them to go. Uh, I was going to say something. This well, family you, show. You, you you've already you've already you've already crossed the family show line there, snob. I mean, you say, what? what did I say? Yeah, you dropped a couple of S-bombs already. I mean, M- oh, MS, MS coming into the call as well. Welcome. How, how are you? I'm good. Looks like you got, you got your comment. computer back up. I'm actually on my phone right now. Okay. <laughs> hey, that works too. That works too. We've we've right. got we've got old school technology here too. So go ahead. What what do you? So I just wanted to comment on the comic thing. I will say one comment though on on uh, George R R Martin's books. I consider his fantasy books political thrillers, not fantasy books. Fair. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's fair. You know, they're just political, political thrillers, but dressed up as fantasy yeah that's why i never read them because i'm more of a high fantasy classic fantasy but i want to talk about the the making of comics because i've been talking to a friend of mine about working a story that me and him came up with into a comic and uh so for instance in my case i was writing the comic and then my computer crashed (laughs) and i lost a lot of stuff that was on my computer and then, on top of that, because of the way things work, now, obviously, these bigwigs are a bunch of jerks if they're taking your money and not using it. But luckily, his wife, my friend's wife, is an artist, so I'm trying to co- convince her to draw to start drawing the book. But if you're, if you're a comic writer, like in my case, if you like to write, I'm my friend, and I don't have any art skill, you have to have the money up front to go to the artist and say, look, I want you to draw these pages for me. I want you to do this. Now, obviously, maybe a lot of people who read comics don't know this, but the artist is literally only the artist. He won't do the coloring. He won't do the the um, the lettering either yeah. sometimes. Now, now there, I think that are, might be changing. There are some artists that will go that they'll they're just pencilers. There are some artists that will yeah. do the inks and the colors, too, but it's not all of them. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. I've been had the flu for the last week and a half, and I think that is changing, especially when you're on an independent circuit. You know, that's that's what drives up the price of the book. And then I talked to a printer, for instance, and like a, a local printer around me, and the printer said, "Well, we can print only softback covers, and if I wanted hardback covers, I'd have to, they'd have to um, source it out to another printer." Mm-hmm. And if I took it to that particular printer, they also told me that I have to pay them 
to let their in-house artists do my title or not my title, excuse me, my cover to the book. And that was another fee I had not realized on top of me having to purchase possibly Wait, hold on, my own hold on. scanner. Let me, let me see how I understand this right. You've got, you've got a printer telling you that in yeah. order, in order like for them – in order for them to print your book, they have to be the ones who design and create the cover for that book? The cover, yes. Yes, that's what I was told. No, yeah. that's that's not right. You shouldn't like you scam. shouldn't that's a, that you shouldn't have to do that. You well, should I've be worked able with to have printers. Your... I've worked with them before on other things and they have never done me wrong or scammed me. So I trusted them when they said that. Yeah, that but that's not that... something they're doing to scam me. That doesn't sound that well, I mean, I I get that they want to lock in, you know, a relationship, you know, business transactions and all of that stuff. But to require that kind of thing where they do the cover because the cover the cover is going to represent your your work. Covers you should absolutely have control over that. Not not just not just give it over to to them just to get the book printed. That that I would I wouldn't take that deal. No, uh, like I me. said, I'm I'm far away from going to a printer right now. Yeah. I was just I was just calling to ask what does this entail for me. So I'm having to restart the writing process again. And I'm this time because I was writing a story and a script. I'm just gonna go straight script this time, and I have to restart the whole process again. So was that a was that a hard drive? Was it a hard drive failure or what happened? What happened? You lost your your lost your I just, stuff. I just turned my computer on. It froze up. It shut off. I wanted to turn it back on and it wouldn't reboot after that. Hmm. It just won't turn on. It just completely de died. Why don't so you, um, De Death Angel Shadow is an IT guy. Why don't you get in when you know, uh, over on Discord, get with him and uh, and tell him what you're going through. He might have some suggestions. It sounds like it might yeah, be maybe. fixable. You might be able to recover on the drive. Doesn't, maybe. You know, it might not be the drive, right? You, all the data could be sitting there. Well, you could try to pull the drive out and stick it in a housing and and set it yep. up as a as a, a, a an external drive and see if you could recover it that way. That'd be yeah. easy to do. Yeah. yeah, I'll talk to him on that. Okay. I did want uh, to say one more thing, and I can bounce out and keep listening. But um, there's a different. So I did look into like how to fund the comic besides Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And there's another. There was another, uh, crowdsourcing. A website called Fun Fun My Comic. Yeah, Luke. Is Stone. What it's called? Yeah, Luke yeah. Stone's got yeah, that. I've so, had him. I've had him on to talk about that a couple of times. Okay, so in there it seemed like I would, I would put the money up front, get the copies of the books I want. Like, hey, I'm gonna get 50 soft covers and 10 hard covers. Go to Fun My Comic and say, look, I already have the books. I'm just trying to raise the money. To cover the cost I put into it, you yeah. know, here's a I need a thousand dollars, and you know you're gonna get the book because I already got them. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Kickstarter where you're just trusting on me. You're giving me money, and then I'm gonna go turn around. And you're just trusting me to go do some work and do whatever I want. And if you see the money, you, you if you see the product, because I got I've gotten uh I've gotten uh burned. I can't remember. There's another one, another crowdsourcing one that's kind of popular. Indiegogo. Well, I, I paid, Indiegogo. Yeah, Indiegogo. Yeah, I, I ordered a comic on there and I never got it. Well, and and I gotta say, uh, one one of the things that I admire about Eric July's operation is uh, his transparency. He he sits there and he'll put out a report. And says, "All right, here's how we spent the money." 
and I think that's a that's an interesting thing to do. You don't have to do that. Um, if you're doing something with crowdfunding, though, I think it's probably a smart kind of thing to do because you, it's almost like it's almost like a shareholder report, right? It's like your your quarterly earnings call that that Disney mm-hmm. does or Paramount or Warner Brothers and stuff. Here's here's where we are financially. I have a fiduciary responsibility to my shareholders. In this particular case, your your pre-order customers are your investors for you know just to just to take the allegory a little bit further there. So I have I have a responsibility and I answer to those people who have given they have invested in my project and what kind of return are they going to get? They're not getting. They're not getting a a, a, a dividend. They're not going to make their money. They're not going to make any kind of money on it. But they are going to get a product. And I do have a responsibility to keep them informed. Okay, this is where we are in the process. And if part of that means this is what we're spending the money on, I think that's an interesting take because people can start to understand just what's involved in all of this. My artist costs this much. My my inker costs this much. My letterer costs this much. It costs this much to print it. You know, postage and shipping is going to be this. I got to get my 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 uh, Gemini mailer boxes, and it's going to cost this much. And 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 bag and boards and you know, mm-hmm. all of this. When you have it have it spelled out, and you can do those updates on the regular. And that's the thing. Don't take don't take a year to let me know where you're at. You know. Give give me regular updates. If I've got money in this project, I want to I want to hear yeah. from you at least every couple of weeks while you're making the book. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I, I like to. Go you know, I, I think with this modern you know modern internet. I mean, back in the you know 70s, 80s, or whatever, you, know, you could go onto the East Coast and you could do something there and scam people, and then you could move to the West Coast and no one would know anything about what you've done. Yeah. But nowadays, social media, everybody knows everything about everything, and you can't escape it. So I think that reputation and uh, and what that's what I think you're talking about reputation and and showing that you're you know open and, and giving people confidence is even more important than it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back I, th- I think 30, it is. 40, 50 years ago. So I you know I anything that you do that that you know having multiple projects that are always on time that are always done etc that really strengthens your ability to sell in the future because reputation is very important yeah i agree well somebody like like take eric july are you guys familiar with uh, a youtube channel called Sh- uh, shadowversity uh yeah where yeah he, yeah and he's written uh he's written some uh, fantasy books right my friend's been reading those well you know <laughs> Somebody like me, for instance, of course, again, I'm small time. I can't speak for big timers. I'm doing this when I have free time or when I'm not tired. You know, Eric July builds up a YouTube presence. You know, he's been on there for for years and years. He builds up that presence. People know what he's about, what he thinks. He turns around. He had an idea. He's able to turn around and take those ideas and then give them to other people who are coming along beside him, helping him to write, helping him to draw helping him to do all these things. So, you know, in the case of somebody like Eric July, his his YouTube presence, I think, is what kind of helped him to be able to do and run that kind of a business model. 
Well, but I don't know if that's a realistic business model for a lot of people. Well, yes and no, because Eric's Eric's history on YouTube is not in the comics industry. Eric built his audience on YouTube for a couple of things: music, hip hop, and 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 rap, and that kind of thing, and his political commentary. Neither one of which have have anything to do with comics. And it wasn't until all of this comics gate stuff and all this, you know, all of the indie comics thing started to blow up. And he's done a lot of commentary on com- the comics industry and entertainment and movies and television. Yeah. So he's he's got some cultural commentary. And he decided, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and write a write a comic book and I'm gonna create this whole new universe. But the thing about it is, if you've got an audience of people who are listening to you, watching you because you're a hip-hop artist, or because you're a political commentator, or because you bake pies, or you, you, know, you do fitness, you, you, you know, fitness and yoga, su- suddenly you do something that's completely different, it doesn't necessarily mean that that audience is going to come with you. You get some of them. You get some overlap, but you're not going to get everybody to come over and say, "Oh, hey, I really like how you make apple pies." Now let's see what you do with a superhero comic book. I mean, you, uh, one yeah, doesn't necessarily translate to the other. No, but Just, it, it allows him a, a large audience to start with, right? And yeah, what we find yeah. in most of these crowdfunding situations is that the you know. Uh, there is there's probably enough people who would like your whatever it is that you're doing that you'd be able to fund it the problem is getting those people to know that it exists right so you know that's the major problem Um, you know eric has succeeded in this though oh yeah oh no question yeah and and i'm not and i'm not trying to take away from what he did what i'm saying is that it doesn't all it doesn't necessarily follow that just because you built up a youtube presence for one thing means you're going to dre- you're going to be able to pull that audience into the next thing that you do unless they're pretty closely connected in some way that's all i'm saying what i'm saying is that i'm saying that he's in a way eric july was in a way better shape to have his crowdfunding comic be successful because he had a built-in audience yeah. versus some guy who has no audience and none at all and then just comes up and says hey i'm going to make a comic right yeah, no, absolutely. There's no question about that. And and a lot of people, and you, Ethan's talked about this, and, and Malin's talked about it, and, and a lot of different people have said, you know, if you if you have, you've got to build up an audience somewhere. You have to yeah. make make your presence known, whether it's doing a web comic over on Webtoon, or you've got your own website and you build your audience that way. I mean, even even the editors at DC and Marvel have said. You know, I because I talked to to Nick. Uh, I can't remember his last name. He, at at a at a Comic Con one time, he was a, a editor of the X Men books at the time, and he said it's a whole lot easier to evaluate an artist portfolio at a Comic Con. You just bring your book in here. I'm gonna flip through the pages. I see what kind of artist you are, but it's hard to evaluate writers. So he said, you know, if you're yeah. a writer, especially, you get on somewhere, you get your own site, you start telling your story, you build an audience, and if your stuff takes off and gets popular, it makes you more attractive to the 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 mainstream publishers. And it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. 
you know, we can build up an audience as a, as a YouTube channel, and, you know, we get to 2,500 subscribers here sometime soon. Yay us, 2,500, but the you know, 2,500 is not 500,000. We're going to have a limited uh, exposure set. So if somebody like us comes in and said, we're going to crowdfund a magazine like Starlog with fiction, then we've got less of a chance of success than if Gary at Nerdrotic did the same thing because Gary's audience is bigger. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a better quality of audience, but it means there's more people. And so the law of averages being such, if I'm going to attract, say, if I'm going to get a 10% return, you know, 10% of 500,000 is a lot different than 10% of 2,500. So, yeah, you've yeah. got to build that online presence in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to be a YouTube channel. It could be a podcast. It could be a blog somewhere, you know, where you're posting images and, and you know, little fritters and stories and whatnot. But somehow you have to get the audience, you have to get their attention and keep them long right. enough for you to sit there and go, okay, we have a relationship here. We have a transactional relationship. Now let's go do this. I'm going to go build this book, and you guys are going to come with me. Well, let yeah, me interject. Think, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, well, uh, yeah. Jason makes a good point, and um, come to my uh, channel, Sci-Fi Snob, where I review science fiction and buy my honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I don't that, wanna... that, that, that assumes you're putting videos out, Snob. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's another week. <laughs> Add that to the list. There's a week. Dig your heels in, sir. That's right. Yeah. I... Damn it. I don't, no one tells me what to do. I don't want to assume anybody's age here, but I'm over 40. Oh, my God. I'm, you're I'm getting, young. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm getting closer to 50. You're, you're pretty young, man. And I feel like as somebody at my age, it's not reasonable for me to start cultivating an online presence. Why not? It's never going to happen. That it's not going to happen for several reasons. One, I just don't have the time to do that and do my job and do my family and then want to do the project I want to work on with yeah. my friend. And he lives in Florida, so I have to do a lot of talking and calling to him all the time, right? Secondly, I'm just not, I'm just not a young person, and i just not into a lot of things that young people are into, the things that are going to attract people. Maybe I'm not going to sit there and talk about myself for an hour. I'm not going to sit here and talk about politics. I can do that. I'm not going to sit here and talk about this book that I've watched. I saw Aquaman 2, talk about whatever. So I don't feel like for me personally, that's something I would never do. And I feel like a lot of people my age might never want to do that. So, you know, it's. Well, you there, know, and, you Ethan know, there's. Skyver, how old is he? Uh, Ethan. six now? Is, no, is he just. He's all, I think he's going to turn 50 this year. Yeah, I think he's pushing 50. Well, and so, I'm and I'm 53, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm sitting here doing 3 hours a day, but yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about I don't talk about myself that much. Uh it, and, and you're right, MS, it's it is it is a personal choice. It's a comfort level choice. It's a it's a, it's a generational it's a, gap too, though. A generational well, divide. I, I, I don't, I don't know that that much applies. Well, let me ask you guys a question. People... Did you guys have computers in school when you were growing up? Because yes. my, I didn't get computers until I was in high school, but like tenth or eleventh grade. But that's not like that's not the the idea is just it's not about 
like a computer or social media or a blog or writing or a newsletter, that's just the medium. The medium doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters for the time, but it doesn't really like either you are a an outgoing person who wants to do that or you're more of an introvert who doesn't like doing that. And I saw it with comic uh, comic book guys. I went to a convention. I was trying to talk to these comic book guys and interview them and stuff. And uh, these artists and like I'm, I'm interested in their stuff. And one guy, I remember particularly, he was so shy. I'm like, hey, I like your stuff. I want to talk. And he didn't want to talk. I, I ended up talking to his wife a little bit about it. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, he's really shy, you know. Steve, he's, like, he was like 30. Look at and, Steve uh, Ditko. You know, St- Steve gotta... Ditko, one of the most, one of the most uh, you know, well-known, recognized, influential uh, comic book creators, you oh. know, Charlton Comics and Spider-Man. Steve Ditko, Ditko disappeared. He didn't want to have anything to do with anybody, you know. And and I I can say firsthand experience that this this the personality the person that you see on camera here from me, Mister Boz, is a lot is a, a little more outgoing and energetic Animated. than my normal persona. You know, just just me, I'm I'm a little bit more reserved, a little more quiet. But there's, you know, I I come from a background in professional broadcasting, in in mass communications, so I have the training to flip the switch and be on. So it, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm the host of the show. My responsibility is to be brilliant and to bring you something that entertains and informs and educates and 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 engages your attention for however long we're on and gives you value for you spending your time here and you want to come back. Not everybody can do that. And not everybody has to. And in your particular case, MS, if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't really have the time to invest or anything, even if it's just a quick 10 minutes, write a blog post about something in your process. What's important to you? What 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 aspect of stories you like? What do you like to read? Things. Even if it's just that once a week, it's it's still something with which your audience can engage and, and and invite feedback. Hey, tell me what you think. What are you guys reading? And if you're doing, if you want to do video, you can spend thirty minutes in a in a week, fifteen minutes in a week, just jot down some notes, write, record yourself a, a little five ten minute video, and say whatever it is that you want to say, and just put yeah. it out there. And it doesn't have that to be hard for me. Well, it doesn't have to be. It comes easier. The more you do it, and it doesn't have to be professionally polished network television type of of quality. You know, I mean, I've got all of these graphics and animations and everything, whatnot that I do, but I've been trained how to do that kind of thing. Not everybody can, and not everybody needs to. Yeah, you know, you don't have to do the 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 some cases it can be better if it's not because it feels more real, right? Yeah. Um, You know, look, I mean, writers, comic book artists, they spend. You know, 16 hours a day locked in their basement drawing or writing or something like that. They're the, they're usually not the most extroverted people. They're usually the opposite. Right. Right. A big factor in Ethan Van Skyver's success is the fact that he is 
at least on camera anyway, he appears to be an extrovert. He's funny. He's very outgoing. I mean, that helped him. He's a great artist, too. That helped as well, of course, bring people in. But people brought in and they stay because they like him. And that really helped his, you know, him get his projects and have them become so successful, right? Well, and you notice the- him and him and Malin both, I mean, they, they started doing stuff on the internet and it was months before they then announced a crowdfunding comic. Right? Well, the other they thing about up. Ethan is that his channel now is nothing like his channel when he started on YouTube. Yeah. When Ethan started on YouTube, he was drawing, it was little sketch, you know, sketch streams and he was telling stories about his days in the comic book industry. And then he started talking about Star Wars, and he started making commentary about Star Wars, and it 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 blew up from there. If if the whole Star Wars thing and you know Disney Star Wars and the Force Awakens and all this other stuff had not happened, Ethan's channel might not be as big as it is. I, I who's to say? Who, who knows? Well, but so his, his channel I mean, has evolved as his audience has changed. His content, his programming, has changed with it. And that's the same for everybody else. I mean, Eric July's channel has changed. Our yeah, our stuff has changed. He's smart. So, he goes where the, you know, it's it's kind of a, you know, lead follow. He leads, but he also follows where the audience wants him to go. But he yeah. also leads them there, right? It's a bit of both, right? Yeah. That's okay, smart. it looks like it, I guess we're buffering over on YouTube again. I don't know. Well, it's just, it's just start, start watching us on Odyssey and Rumble. <laughs> you know, let, let me go back to the, the whole thing about uh, about the advice of building your platform. I, and I understand it's not for everybody, but uh, it, it, it is. Malin's the one that really harps on that a lot. It's, you know, build your platform, da, 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 da. Okay, a lot of people try and do that. They have very success. Eric came in with a platform already, so yeah. you know, he was a step ahead. But it's well, he essentially... Built it, he built it from something in the beginning, I mean. Right, but but it's it's following that model. He's He's arguably the most successful person of having a platform and transferring it into comic sales. Eric, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, Mm. but, but look where, look where things are now. The people giving that advice don't really don't like him at some, for some reason right now. And I won't speculate as to why, but there have, there have been various other people that thought they were going to hit a gold mine by tapping into some kind of, related audience some some people that had a more of a political bent they thought oh the daily wire or or tim pool or something and we're going to find a gold mine there none of those things have paid off Fox, it, a year box day it, is that yes. the one right yeah, kind of was, thing that else? was that was an early one yes and and none of those things have really paid off except for eric he's the one that found you know like you said his audience wasn't the comic audience to begin with and he transferred a significant mo- amount of them over yeah it, it and and yeah. this is this is why I'm so agitated by all this. This was, you know, he was friendly with all of these people, and and mm-hmm. this was a an opportunity that he he transitioned that uh, that audience from whatever it was into comics. They were then ready to accept comics and look for comics, and that those bridges have been moronically burned down. The the, the actions of people that are shrinking. The pool. You mentioned that you know you, the larger the pool you have, the more likely that you're going to find you know people to come buy whatever it is you're selling. Yeah. And that pool has been shrunk, not because of any real reasons, but because of what appears to be personal problems. And the, again, everybody builds their own platform and such, but 
the whole promise of Comicsgate was we have a network. And, uh, and the fact that this has been burned down, these connections have been broken. It's not just with Eric, it's with other groups as well. Friday Night Tights group and, you know, all those people. There's bad blood that's been created here. And it has shrunk the potential pool of customers. And that harms every single person that is in any group that is now getting pushed away for any reason. I don't have to particularly point fingers, but it's what's happened. Yeah. And this is a, a, a tragedy in the world of, of independent counterculture entertainment. This well, has been the worst possible thing I've, I could imagine. The thing is, it was inevitable. Because in every in every movement, whatever that movement is, if it gets behind a, a, a cultural thing or a political thing or a religious thing or a, just a just a particular ideological thing or an economic thing at some or point or a personal thing, at some point, there's going to be something that drives some kind of a division and you 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 have factions and tribes start to split off from each other and kind of looking sideways at each other and we're better than you isms start to creep in and i i have to say for as much for as much harm and damage as the progressive left does they are very good at circling the wagons whenever any one of them comes under fire from the other side whether they agree with them or not, you know, it's, you know, yes, this is a very, very, very terrible person and we don't agree with him, but he's our very, very terrible person. And how dare you say anything about him? Well, you part know? of that is coming from the fact that some people actually have principles. And when someone does something bad, they don't want to be part of it. So, I, yeah. you know, I, I think that's, well, it's it's unfortunate for, for group dynamics but it, yeah. uh, and cohesion. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to knock it either um, i think uh, i think i saw a study where it says that you know you get any more than at a certain point and i think it's 14 people or something like that you get 14 people together on any subject and it could be anything like something obvious like the sky is blue or or you know puppies are nice and there'll be <laughs> just because it's that many people someone will disagree just because they're ornery yep. and they just want to disagree and they don't want to go it doesn't matter you know you could have the greatest thing ever let's all love and have peace and one guy say no war yeah screw that peace yeah. just what do you because... have against cats yeah 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 and, so well... i mean you can't we can't seem to you know, yeah, get, get and in and in that. terms and in terms of I think audience, you're wasting your time by worrying about it too much because, I mean, it, it's sad, but it's always going to happen. Well, it, it is going to happen, and you've got to do whatever you can to avoid getting caught in the fallout. Certainly, um, but also the thing is that you know, tying your success to somebody else's cart is not necessarily a smart thing either. I mean, I. We're we're in a situation here. I mean, I show up on Comics Division's channel. I show up on Culture Casino's channel, and you know I'll retweet things and and post some stuff. But at the same time, we've got our own thing that we do here, and I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, you know that we're in 100% accord with every everybody else that we do stuff with, and our success here whatever success we have doesn't depend on me being on comics division's channel for example 
we're, we're going to do our own thing. If I never show up on Comics Division's channel again, it's not going to change what we're doing here. That over there is an opportunity for me to contribute to a conversation and to and to be in front of an audience that I n normally wouldn't have so I can promote what I'm doing over here. And we've pulled in, we've gotten subscribers from those streams, from Culture Casino streams and all and. You know, even even showing up on on Midnight's Edge a couple of times, we've gotten subscribers from over there. But I I can't I won't count on showing up over there in order to build my channel here, because yeah. th this this here and that's why it's so important. And I'll harp on this too. Yeah, cross promotion is good, Death Angel Shadow. But what I do here. The most important, the, the, the most effective way that we can build an audience here is for all of you that are watching to go tell people, hey, I'm watching this. Th these guys do some good stuff over here. You should be watching them. Or if you're listening to the podcast, posting it out and say, I'm listening to this podcast. They have some good things to say. You should listen to them. That kind of word of mouth is much more valuable to me than going on somebody else's stream and 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 talking about myself or 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 talking about subjects that don't really have anything to do with what I do here, so it's yeah. it's it's a mixed thing. You gotta you gotta have a multi prong approach, and MS like you're talking about you you don't have a you only have a certain amount of time. Well, you have to make a list. Okay, how how do I get the word out about you know how do I build my audience? What are the different options that are available to me, and then any of them that are going to take up too much time that you don't have, you know, set those aside. And then the ones that you still got left, okay, well, I can I can spend 10 minutes doing X. I can spend a half hour doing this. And there are there's all sorts of software out there and tools that you can use to build an audience, whether you're online or not. I can sit there and I can make, I can make a whole set of social media posts and I can copy and paste them into all of them, and I can schedule them. You know, I can sit in a, you know, I can take an hour or two on Sunday or Saturday or mid-afternoon, sometime in the middle of the week, <clears throat> and I can program a bunch of posts to go out on social media, and I can schedule them, and they go and they do their thing, and I don't have to be sitting here in front of the computer. So there's different things that you can do in order to build your audience that don't, that, that don't involve you being right here alive all the time too. So there's there's some different options you can do. Uh, real I, I quick, let to... me let me say hi to Helmut Kirschkin, uh, who's saying evening, gentlemen, and greetings from Germany. That is uh, that is nice to hear. Good afternoon, yeah. evening I, to you as well. I have to I have to agree with Jason with all that. You know. Being, yes, you um, do because I'm the host, and I you have to agree yeah. with me. No, I mean I, I hitched I hit I've hitched. Look at me, I've hitched my wagon to his. And uh, how has it helped me? Yeah. Well, perfect example. Well, and and you look at uh, geeks and gamers, for example, and they have done a really effective job of building up their channel. And you've got a number of different programs and a number of different channels. You know, poor choices, park hopping, geeks and gamers, uh, gaming, and you know, all of these, you know, sports and all this. And they have built up this network of channels. And, and a network of personalities, each of whom, you know, Jay's got his own channel, Drunk3PO. Ryan Kendall's got his own channel. They do some stuff with, with Nerdrotic, you know, with Friday Night Tights, all, all of this different stuff. But 
if you have a particular person that sits there and says, I want to be a Geeks and Gamers person, you know, your, your success is partially dependent on how well Geeks and Gamers does. Whereas, you know, you have somebody like, you know, like Jay, with, you know, Drunk 3PO, he's peripherally attached to Geeks and Gamers through the park hop and stuff. But for the most part, he goes and he does his own thing. And all of this here, you know, you, you can sit there and you can affiliate with each other. I mean, uh, Critical Blast, you know, RJ over at Critical Blast, he and I co-produced Blast from the Bunker. So that's a co-production. It goes on both channels. And Pops will will bring in and replay shows from various different channels to, to get more exposure there. So you can do these collaborative projects to get in front of people. But at the end of the day, you still have to produce something of your own in order to keep that audience that you've drawn in from other places. Oh, my ears are burning. <laughs> Because you know, I, I can I can bring in you know we can we can have fifty thousand people that suddenly join us from from a from a nerd Roddick stream or or uh, Carrie Carrie Smith stream or uh, what Midnight's Edge or whatever they could all come in and raid the channel, and if I don't have anything there that's worth their time, I'm not going to keep them, and I don't expect to keep any more than maybe two percent. Because in marketing terms, if I'm going to go out, uh, let's 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 use a uh, let's use um, multi-level marketing for an example. I'm going to make a sales presentation. I'm going to go in and I'm going to say, "Here's this thing that I want you to sign up to to buy." Well, I have to get in front of 20, 25 people, half of whom are never going to respond at all. The other half, part of them are going to respond. They'll say, no, thanks. Or you'll get some of them that say, I'm interested. Tell me more. And out of those 20, 25 people, you maybe get two sales, two transactions. So it's, 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 a, it's a law of averages. The return on investment is not great. And all of this stuff out here, when you're building your audience, is the same kind of thing. It's a numbers game, certainly. Because if I have, well, like, like right now, it, uh, you know, according to YouTube, I've got eight people watching this stream. It's going to go up because people come in afterwards or they dip in and out or they come in. You know, this says, this says we've had 31 views on the show. And I know we've got three or four people watching on each on Odyssey and Rumble. But if I've got 2,500 people on, on uh, subscribe to me on YouTube and I've only got... 20 views, you know, that's a, what, a 1% return? 2%? It's not a lot of people. But you still have to, you still have to produce consistently whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's a little five-minute video or it's a, a blog post. The consistency is the stuff that actually really is the key. I just heard something uh, totally off subject. Uh, I haven't confirmed it yet here, but I heard that Carl Weathers has passed away. What? Oh no! Uh, like I said, unconfirmed. I just saw it. All right, let me check. Let me check my. Let me check the wires. Let me check the wires. Um. Yep. Ooh. Yep. 
There's there's our breaking news. Carl Weathers passed away at age 76. Oh no! How's that going to affect the Mandalorian? Uh, That's that's a good question. Uh, It doesn't say here. I mean, this is just breaking. Uh, His manager Matt Luber has confirmed to Variety. That's all we know. Uh, No no cause of death listed here. No report there. So, yeah. Carl Weathers dead at seventy six. Wow, <clears throat> good actor. Yeah, and see, and he's an, he's another one of those where he was about the he was about the product. Go watch our show. You know, I don't don't care about your politics. Watch watch the work that we've done. You know, give us give us your time because your time is valuable. We appreciate you watching our show. You know, be peace. And and he's he's he was one of those guys that never. I I I don't think that I ever saw him get political on on social media. That's a yeah. shame. That's a shame. But it, it is that is a good question. What what that's going to do. Uh, what that's going to do. But if the Mandalorian ends up as a movie and not season four, then you could, you could easily write around that. Yeah. Sorry. I was joking. I wasn't, uh, I was trying to be glib. Well, no, uh, but I don't but really, I does... don't really care about the Mandalorian. I think it's, it's uh, no, I know, but, it, but it does me. have an impact because, no, you will, know, you know, same as, I mean, you look at what happened with, with black Panther. Yeah. You know, same kind of thing. I mean, yeah. granted he's the lead, but and but and there were a lot of people that said you need to recast. Yeah, they, they and they turned that into a whole political thing and a and a cultural thing and a and a George Floyd type of movement thing for you know we're going to do this for Chadwick and you know all this. It's like no, just recast the role. Yeah, they could have recast another black actor could have got a job. Yeah, you know, like oh no, let's not recast them. All right, so then no one gets to work that do that job, right? Yeah. So Unless. I imagine I imagine they'll be talking about this. Uh, they'll be talking about this at MegaCon, probably. I'm I'm sure. So yeah, weather. Carl Weathers gone. That's that's something. There'll always be Action Jackson to me. Oh, oh. now there's a there's a blast from the past. Wow. He'll always be uh, <laughs> what's his name from um, Predator. Uh, the, I can't remember the character's name. That's oh. That's yeah, when it with me, not not a when Schwarzenegger grab arms and they're arm wrestling in the air. <laughs> Forget his name now. Yeah, yeah he, he that the... that's the one for me. That's makes him who he is to me. Yeah, yeah, and road road vagabond life's got a good uh, got a good uh, outlook on this. He says the earlier you learn you can't please everyone, so stop trying. The better your mental health will be. And we do spend we do spend a whole lot of time worried about stuff we can't control, you know. And, and and some of that is you know the younger people, they need their their endorphin hit. You know, give me a like, give me a share, give me a retweet or whatever. And we've been conditioned to need that response, to need that feedback, and and you're not always going to get it. I'm I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll you know when I when I get up in the morning and I'm getting my day started, you know that's one of the first things I'm going to check. Okay, how many responses do we have on on YouTube? Where's our view counts? You know what are our numbers look like? And yeah. you know 
it's nice to see when those numbers go up. But I have to tell myself this is not the most important thing in, in this. The, the most important thing is that we are providing value to whoever does show up. So, yeah, it's a mixed yeah, bag. I, I agree, Jason, and I purposely don't like don't like your uh, posts on Twitter in order to try to help you break that cycle. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I'm a giver. Um, I just all I do is give. I, I you need to you need to give you need to give your videos a little attention. Ugh, second knife. <laughs> There's another two week. in one two in one show. That's a new record. Oh my back. Well, you know we're in our second hour, so I got to give you one per hour. Oh, right? Okay, I guess. Yeah. All right. So go. it doesn't. It's just a normal. Mama, yeah. I'm gonna get out. Of, I'm gonna get out, guys. I just want to talk about the comics. I do want to ask: Are you guys? Uh, are you considering starting the H2O podcast again? Uh, that's currently not in the plan. Um, uh, Tim's been very busy with day job stuff, so it's uh, it's kind of backburnered for now. So I don't know. I don't know what our plan is going to be. The next thing that we're going to bring back uh, is going to be Vault of the Killer Bees with uh, Christopher Hoffman. Mm. We're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do a new iteration of that, uh, updated and uh, since. Since it's not now a segment, because doing it as a segment of Good Morning Multiverse, we were limited on the amount of time that we could take. So now that it's going to be living on its own as a as its own production, we're going to have a little bit more flexibility in topics and how much time we can focus on a topic. So we're going to be able to do longer ones. Uh, so Vault of the Killer Bees is coming next. Mark Delfonso is coming back to do uh, game game stuff. He's been busy with work, but now his schedule is freed up. So our gaming coverage is going to expand. So those two things are the next the next things in line. Uh, Mark's working on a a thing right now on the on the state of play presentation that just happened. So look for that article over on the dot com. But that's that's where we are. But right now there's no plans to bring H two O back. Yeah, well, keep working on Tim because you know even I missed him. <laughs> That's pretty bad, you know. Yeah. Even I miss him. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. Circumstances are such he's he doesn't have a whole lot of time right now. So. But yeah, it's uh, you know, and and that's one of those things where you know you you depend on other people, and if their schedules change or their availability their availability changes. That affects what kind of stuff that you can do with your channel. So, you know, we have, you know, four or five different people. And if we have a panel that I'm trying to put together to talk about Ahsoka or whatever, if I don't get it, well, a, a good example is that is the is the AI panel that I want to put together. I want to put together a, a panel discussion on the latest news regarding AI and bring in people who are in that field and people who have written stories that involve AI and done the research and the homework. And I haven't been able to put that together yet because of everybody's uh, schedules. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where if you have to start counting on other people, then now that affects how much you're able to do when. Uh, all right, MS, thanks for being here. Death Angel Shadow joining the call now as well. Welcome, sir. How are you? How are you doing? Oh, uh, it's Friday. I'm yeah, tired. Yeah, I know. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Oh, to somebody's outside. I'm ready to take tonight. a nap. Somebody's outside. I'm always nice ready to take a nap. And yes, I'm going to bring man. this down. Yeah. But I have a beef. You have a beef. I have a beef. Uh oh, uh -oh. Uh, who's your beef with? 
Mazerus. You have a beef with Mazerus? Oh, I was sure it was me. <laughs> I mean, I can find something. Don't worry. Uh, I can Ma- find something. Okay, Ma- Mazerus. Well, you are a woman, so. Mazerus asks, uh, any hope in reviving the Ranker Pit? Is this your beef? No. No? Okay. Uh, Ranker Pit right now, no plans to bring back Ranker Pit yet. Okay, my whole thing, I will answer this question. Oh. Anytime you're on, Me? it ends up being a Ranker Pit Me- of one. On what? On what? Ranker Pit? When talking anything Star Wars okay. gossip. Here's here's the thing about that. Of, of any show. Hosting a show. And again, this goes back to 38 years in the industry, professionally trained, you know, I've done this. 35 to 38. It is, you can it has, count. Wait. You always sit there and say 35 years. 35. Because uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I started in 88. Mm-hmm. So, so... The thing about it is, especially coming from a background in radio. 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 It is absolutely death for a radio station to have dead air. Because if you have dead air on the radio station, people change the change the station. I'm not saying that you have dead air. And it always ends up going back. Back to it is what I'm saying. What goes that's, back that's to what? That's actually one of the reasons I can't handle dead air. I hate dead air. Uh, silence on a call or something. I have to yeah. say something. What What are you talking about? Me taking over the show? No, just or in general. Us, no, us cycling in, back in, to just the same topic all the time. It always cycles back to the same topic. Well, I, so, I mean, technically you could sit there and take the last, I don't know how many shows and cut together one show that's long enough to be a ranker pit. Of one of you, but except I, Ranker Pick focuses on Star Wars, a, a and I haven't talked about I haven't talked about Star Wars in a while. Although I did have the idea, uh-huh. I did Daisy have the Ridley, idea. all that stuff, I, everything that I went did with have, what's her name, the little documentary well, lady. Well, that was then, in the news. This my my first hour monologue is about the news that's trending. And then it's not necessarily about Star. Wars. We didn't talk about Star Wars today. Yes. We haven't. We're doing We're it not now. Talk- you brought it up. Someone it's... else brought Mazerus did. No, so there's another issue Wars. with Mazerus. Mazerus asked about <clears throat> Ranker Pit. Which but, is a Star you, Wars show. But you were coming in saying, you, okay, what's your beef with Mazerus? Oh, so he was going back on the Aragon books. Oh, he started okay. and then he stopped when he realized it was written by a high schooler. Uh-huh. By the way, when he started writing that, he was already graduated. So, didn't you read my little write-up that I did on him? Mm-mm-mm. Anyway. Yeah. Mrs. Boss, met, uh, did you actually meet him? Yes. Okay, yeah. You because I thanked him yeah. about, I thanked him for what he did, and I told him that, honestly, the last book that he had uh, released, which was, um, oh, now I can't even remember it, was, I think, his best writing. And he was surprised because we're, we were there for Murtaugh, and I'm sitting there talking about his actual science fiction books that he's writing. Yeah. And the last science fiction book that he had released, I'm like, I can't remember. I think because of how the book came about and the writing itself and how messed up it does to your head, which is fantastic, I think it's his best writing yet. So... So I put a link to that article in our uh, in our 
chat. So anybody that wants to be re uh, reading that. Uh, Mazer says, to Mindy, to be fair, I've seen you and McKenna have some fun bouncing back and forth with me on, on Ranker Pit, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Snob says, it's never uncomfortable watching married couples fight. We're not fighting. <laughs> no. We're not fighting. Do we fight? No. That is true. We don't. We have yet to have a knockdown drag out. Absolute just just everything. But uh, anyway, yeah. So Mazer says he will write it. He will read that right up. So there's the link. Uh, it is in the chat on all three platforms. So any of you that are watching on Odyssey Rebel, you can read it too. But write him off because of his age. Because, you know, when he did write it, he had already graduated. He had started doing some research on how to write. And that's when this came together and you know the Aragon cycle I mean the inheritance cycle is really good you can tell he gets better with it kind of like with JK Rowling and her stuff but he when he wrote that he planned the entire thing out before he even started it because he there's something that is in the fourth book in the last chapter that refers back to the first book and he did that on purpose because he wanted to be like, see what I did there? No. And he did. And everything came together. And unlike certain other people who are writing lots of books together in a series, he came out with a small short storybook, three stories in a small book that kind of triggered the whole thing. And that book he did because he had a person on Twitter sit and make a comment to him and he responded to him and it was like 11 12 o'clock at night and he was sitting on twitter in bed <laughs> and that's how that happened and he started thinking about it and decided you know what i'm gonna do this and that's what he did which led into him going into murtog and there's gonna be much more in this cycle so don't write it off yet oh here we go here we go here's here's something I got to agree with Mindy there, you know, like good writing is good writing. Doesn't matter your age. I mean, you could even be a woman and be a good writer. Yeah. Well, Ed, Ed, Ed Greenwood started, started uh, creating his world. And when he was like, what, five or four years old, well, That's where we, the forgotten realms started coming about. And we, we've got, uh, we've got a, uh, a story universe that James and I created. Um, and, the, the working title is Comet Tales. I don't know if we'll keep that. But the the idea uh, came from James when he was five. The original, the original story idea. Because he wanted to make a Star Trek movie. And this is, this is right as J.J. Abrams was getting ready to do the reboot. Uh, we hadn't had them yet. It. And we had been watching... James and I had been watching some of the fan films. We've been watching Phase 2... And, and some of those. And he says, I want to make a Star Trek. I was like, well, okay, we could do a Star Trek, but we could do our own thing too. You know? and because I'm thinking if, if we're going to create an IP, if we're going to go through and go through the expense of creating something like this, might as well be something of our own that yeah. you know maybe one of these days if it makes some money, we'll make some money. And I said, well, we can make our own type of Star Trek, and, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And so I said, okay, well, what is it about? What do you want it to be about? Because we're just brainstorming at this point. 
And he looks at, he's five years old. He looks up at the ceiling. We're sitting in the dining room. He looks up at the ceiling and he comes back and he goes, it's about a light that turns people into eggs that melts after five minutes. And that was the beginning of it. And I thought, okay, well, how do I, what do I do with that? And uh, we've got our lead character is a Han Solo, Malcolm Reynolds type, you know, freighter, freighter captain pilot. And James designed his ship. Uh, drew it on, uh, drew it on his uh, etch a sketch, you know, the mag- magnet board thing, and so I took a photograph of it. Is okay. Here's the ship, and I've I, I built it out of Lego, and we actually built uh, did an animatic and recorded. I wrote a script, and we recorded it with people doing the, all of the dialogue, and I've got animatics built and stuff. And one of these days, maybe at some point, maybe possibly. We do. We would do John Murphy in the Orb of Doom, uh, in, and it's in ten-minute increments, same as the old Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers serials of the '30s that George Lucas was inspired by. Uh, but it's never gone anywhere. But then, you know, he was five when we came up with that. So, yeah. I'm surprised that hasn't actually made a comeback uh, with the, uh, you know. The way things are now, and the short attention spans, uh, those ten-minute serials probably would uh, do really well. Yeah, I I imagine they probably would, but you'd have to find a chance. You'd have to find a place for it. Although you know, you've got things like Queeby and Tubi out there, and and uh, Dust. Uh, I keep I keep seeing stuff about the Dust Channel, which does a lot of short fiction. It's it's got a YouTube presence, and it's a short fiction. You know, Sci-Fi Channel, uh, and they've got a lot of stuff over there. I, I, I'm constantly getting notifications and, and emails from them making debuts for new stuff that they got. So I check that out too. But anyway, okay. So we got a we got a news item here that's that's come in. I want to get your opinions on it. You get some get some reactions to this, and then I think we're going to close out. Yeah, this is Variety. Issa Rae says Hollywood is scared, clueless, and at the mercy of Wall Street, and black stories are less of a priority. There aren't a lot of smart execs anymore. This is dropping well, today. I, I agree with that last statement. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's it's a yeah, it's it's half it's half in the bag here. Issa Rae says has never seen Hollywood this scared and clueless and at the mercy of Wall Street, she recently told Time magazine during a cover interview. The Insecure Emmy nominee, I've never heard of the show Insecure, Emmy nominee has been making the press rounds and speaking out against Hollywood for pulling back on investing in inclusive stories. Now, okay, consider where we're coming from here on on this. So that that's what I'm I'm that, that there's our starting point, right? She says, you're seeing so many black shows get canceled. You're seeing so many executives, especially on the DEI side, get canned, she recently said in a Porter interview. You're seeing very clearly now that our stories are less of a priority. It's made me take more steps to try to be independent down the line if I have to. Variety reported last month that Max had canceled Ray's comedy series, Rap Stuff, after two seasons. Ray was an executive producer on the series and brought the show to Max under her ongoing deal with Warner Media, which she signed in 2021 after the success of her HBO comedy series, Insecure. Ray told Time Magazine that she's still developing two new shows for HBO, including a project set in an alternate present that she plans to create, write, and star in. 
she says, this. there is a bitterness of just like who suffers from you guys pulling back. People of color always do, she told Time, about Hollywood pulling back from diverse stories. Uh, I'm sorry, but there aren't a lot of smart executives anymore, Ray, Ray later added during the interview. And a lot of them have aged out and are holding on to their positions and refusing to, get, to let young blood get in. Now these conglomerate leaders are also making the decisions about Hollywood. Y'all aren't creative people. Stick to the money. The people that are taking chances are on platforms like TikTok. That's what's getting the eyeballs of the youth, so you're killing your own industry. Um, oh. She's half right. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. She's half right. She's, she's half right. She's, she's got kind of the right ideas, but she's putting a bent on it that's, I don't think. Yeah. You know, yeah, I I don't care about black stories or white stories or green stories or I like blue stories. stories or whatever. I like good stories. <laughs> good stories. Good stories. Good stories. Yes. Good stories. Yes. I don't care what color they are. I mean, right. You know, the thing is, the problem with, I mean, she might be right about the uh, money people controlling things, but you, guess what? Guess what happens, eh? When you don't make money, the money people start to look over you and see what you're doing and and complain and start cutting you and saying, no, you can't do that. You know can't do that if you're doing good and you're making that money they'll leave you alone right yeah so yeah what does that at, tell you look at hasbro and the money people they're not <laughs> doing good i mean if well, Hollywood was doing well they money people would be like hey hey we're fat and rich and we've seen we've seen a number of stories now the people that are that are getting fired all of these dei divisions that are getting that are getting axed it's a it's a consequence of what we what we saw you know uh South Park pillory it's you know put a chicken at make her lame and gay has turned into an actual policy of sorts with a lot of this stuff and and over and over and over and over and over again we get examples of how message fiction just doesn't land with an audience because either the people that you are pandering to recognize that you're pandering to them and they get insulted because you're pandering to them or the people that are being excluded because you're pandering to another group sits there and says, why are you pandering to that group? Why aren't you telling a story that appeals to everybody? So you can't, right. you can't win either way. And she's right. The executives are running scared because they have absolutely no idea what they can do because they're, Marketing and accounting have been running Hollywood for far too long. You can, you cannot let the, but the flip side of that too, is you got to have somebody, not necessarily in marketing and accounting, but some executive somewhere who will look at Kevin Feige and say, you can't spend two hundred and fifty million dollars on this movie. You have oh. you have a hundred million. Make it work. What what was what was the budget on uh, on the new Godzilla movie? Uh, Ten million. Mil. Ten yeah. million. Ten I mean, million. What is that? What you know? Yeah. And, what what, what and, was the budget for for Star Wars adjusted for inflation today? Uh, that's a good question because what I, they started with was not what they ended up because they ended up going over budget by about three quarters uh, uh, over what they yeah had. i'm just curious as what the, what it actually you know obviously yeah. inflation has happened so i'm I'm curious as what they actually spent for I, star wars i'm uh yeah what i don't know that now i do know that adjusted for inflation what they actually made 
in box office uh, would would have been about four and a half billion. Right, which is way that's four times way, anything yeah. they made. <clears throat> but I don't have, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what their budget would be adjusted for inflation. But yeah, Godzilla is an excellent uh, example of that. Ten million dollar budget, six hundred and ten visual effect shots, and well, their visual effects team was fifteen or twenty people, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Any DEI is, I mean, they're useless eaters. Yes. They don't do anything. They're not going to make your movie any better. Right. I mean, yeah. you, uh, I haven't, I've been meaning to watch a show. I can't, I'm trying to figure out where I can get it. It's called Utopia. And it's a, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like an Australian or New Zealand production. Yeah. You can see lots of little clips on TikTok. And it's all about uh, the corporate stuff. And they just, all these little clips about this corporate speak and the, the guy, the main guy is sort of trying to deal with it. They're always, there. there's all kinds of that DEI stuff in there. And it's, it's quite funny, eh? Like, you know, in a, in a dark sense that he's just trying to navigate through and do his job and, you know, get his people. And they're always, you know, basically making roadblocks for him. They don't help at all. Yeah. What's the point? Well, Fire these people. Why would you want them there? They're useless eaters. So yeah, make, make something good. Make a good story. If you want to throw some, some things to think about in there. Yeah. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's what the original Star Trek series did. Yeah. So, the, and the classic one is that, and I'm just, I, I never remember the names, and Jason will, uh, will, he'll, he'll will know. For it. It, the ones with the guys who are black and white on one side, and the other yeah. ones are white and black on the other. Yeah, let that be your last battlefield. And it is one last. of the most egregious, in-your-face, hit-you-with-a-two-by-four stories that the original Star Trek did, and it is one of the worst episodes. Hands no, down, you know people and pe- it, people hold it up it, as an example of well, Star Trek was always woke. No, no, no. No, but it's that a, it's was an a, example of of science fiction showing that. I'm not yeah. saying it's it's done well. Yeah. Uh, Next generation, the one I always remember because I, I you know I'm more familiar with Next Generation is the one where they go to the planet and all the um, everybody is androgynous. They they don't have a sex. Yeah. Except yeah. for this one woman who identifies as female and Riker has a thing for her and they, uh, they quote reprogram her by the yeah. end of the, the show there. Yeah. They, they basically brainwash her. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I yeah, thought they I mean, had three sexes. No, they have, that's uh that's no, that's a, I think that's a, Larry Niven has a, a alien race. that I think it's Larry Niven that has an alien race that has three sexes, but uh, no, they only have, they're all androgynous. They don't have, but they yeah. have a, a small percentage of them that are, are, you know, that are born with one sex or, yeah. you know, or the other. Yeah. What, so, what, did you, what did you have over there? So Star Wars cost a million or 11 million at the time. That was their budget. And if you figure in inflation and all that, 74 million. So well, that's still under a hundred million. So uh, four and a half billion dollars at the box office on a $75 million budget. If it was made today. That's a pretty yeah. good ROI. That's a, yeah. that's a really good <laughs> Yeah, it is. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, DEI, they're useless eaters. Get rid of them. Why would you, like, and, and you know, anyone <laughs> like this woman in the article who says, you know, who demands that, oh, we need to have, quote, diverse stories or diverse people. Well, that's just a cop-out because she can't, she can't make it when it's even, right? Yeah. She has to say, oh, I need, you know, 
you have to give me this story because of some of my ethnicity or my gender or something because she couldn't write a good enough story to make it in there anyway. Yeah. Like, do we really believe in 2024 in America, one of the most diverse countries in the world, that there are people who are, are sitting there and saying, I'm not going to watch this show if there's this color people in them. Yeah. Or, no. or these type, like nobody, there's nobody do um, oh, There's, I'm sure there's a small minority of, there's a small minority of people that are like that everywhere. They're tiny, tiny, but not a significant amount in, in America in, in 2024. Come on. Well, and, we really and, we're, find, and we're finding out now because Daisy Ridley has come out talking about it on the Today Show and other places that all of this sexism, misogyny, toxic fandom, she never encountered any of that. She's coming out and she's, I've, you know, I've never run into any of that. All of the fans that I've ever engaged with have been, have been polite and charming and fun and, and excited and, and friendly. And, and she's basically putting, putting the lie to the, the, to the whole, you know, Star Wars fans are toxic. And, you know, she's coming out on national television, on network television, on NBC saying, I, I haven't run into any of that. Yeah. You know, she's acknowledging that maybe there's a little bit on the uh, online, but in person, everybody is just just, you know, nice yeah. as can be. I don't I don't particularly like Daisy Ridley. I think she's an OK actor. I think there were better actors within those three movies than her. But I don't you know, I, I don't I don't like the character she portrayed. It's yeah. not her fault. Right. She's it's just right. a person that has to, uh, you know, say what they've told her to say it's yeah. the writers and uh, those people who screwed it up and her, i don't think her, she she was particularly bad at, at, at portraying that character either I mean, no what, her what? character was my least favorite character i really wanted to see more from ray and finn you also ray have but i've said that yeah. since the beginning yeah but ray you also finn? have to you also ray. have to consider too you know she's coming in she's 20 years old she doesn't have a yeah. huge track record and jj no. abrams sit there and says okay no pressure but this is a religion to some people and like, oh, well, thanks for that. You know, I yeah, mean, well, she's I mean, it's got fault. to be she's got to be feeling all of the pressure and the intimidation of this is Star Wars. Well, it's like Jason always sits there and says with Hayden Christensen in the prequels, you're only as good as what you get. Yeah. And so she has to work with whatever script she's getting, whatever direction she's given and make the most of it. Now, I admit, I think, I I don't know if I've seen anything else with her in it off yeah, the top either. of my head. But, you know, look at what happened with uh, Kristen Stewart. I mean, she was, she had what she had to deal with. And same with Rob Pattinson in, you know, Twilight. But look at the different how their careers have gone off getting well-written work and well-directed. Well, and, and Pattinson though had to go the, the indie art house wrote in order for anybody to really take him seriously as an actor anymore. Well, look yeah. at what she did. She ended up doing the same thing. They're both very heavy in the indie circles. And and they do get better after time, right? It's it is a you know, is experience. It's a very big factor. Yeah. Breaking. What? Carl Weathers has died. Oh, at Seventy. Mindy's an hour behind. 
Oh. Mindy, yeah, we Mindy's already, an hour we've already it, we've it, already gone through. We that. already broke that story, Mindy. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, and, I no, just saw okay. it on my email. Yeah, no, oh Min, uh, God. Mindy was Mindy was uh, Mindy was out of the office when when that broke. Oh. Yeah. Well, you you heard uh, you heard about William McConnell. Excuses. Too. Yeah. Yeah. From, uh, uh, he he the played Andorian the, the Andorian for Star Trek. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I didn't hear that one. I missed. The- yeah, he died. Yes, I post. I post that on the Discord. Oh, yeah, yesterday. if you were in the Discord and paying attention, you'd know that already. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've worked to do. I'm trying to do my thing that you keep. At least me it's about. not Jeffrey you, Combs. You, you drew. Oh yeah, it's not Jeffrey Combs. You draw me back in. Oh. Which is it, Jason? Come on. Speaking. <laughs> See, here's what happens. Spend more time in the Discord or spend more time I, working. I took a break, thinking that other people would pick up the slack. And nobody did, so here it is. I'm having to do it all myself. I, Fine, I'll do it myself. You not working it made me think that I didn't have to work either. That's how I took it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's that's how it is. Well, if Jason's not doing anything, then I'm gonna slack too. I mean, well, well, he was 76. William O'Connell was 94. William O'Connell is pretty pretty close to uh, 94. Wow. Yeah. That well, is that a little older than? Uh, than me, yes. No, how old, how old is uh, Shatner? Shatner's ninety-two. 92. Yeah, Shatner's ninety-two. So yeah, I mean, I well, don't know. That's kind I've, of. A... I've got an uncle. Uncle, my uncle is ninety. I want to say ninety-seven. I got to do. I got to do math. Um, he's he's getting close. He's getting close to he's getting close to hundred. My 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 mom's brother. Yeah, yeah my mom was asking how old your folks were. Well, uh, my dad is. Let's see. He'll be he'll be eighty two. No, he's eighty two now. So mom's eighty one. So yeah, my that that puts my uncle around ninety nine. My uncle's ninety nine. He's still going. Well, I had a grandmother. My great grandmother lived to be over a hundred. Um, my grandmother only lived to be in her mid to late nineties. Yeah. Only I say <laughs> clean living. Uh, yeah. And then you, and then you hear about the 102 year old or whatever, or 112 year old that had a, had a, had a glass of brandy every day and <laughs> yeah. smokes yep. a cigar. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know. Well, George I'm Burns, gonna... George Burns was what? 106. When he passed, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, so, social media is blowing up all over the place now with the Carl Weathers news. It's it's everywhere. But you heard Carl's it here news. first. Breaking news. Right. Breaking news. <laughs> That's first. right. Breaking news. And then you heard it again. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's nice Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good save. Man. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. William Shatner is, is is he a vampire? I don't think he's a vampire. Yeah, probably a robot. Uh, will Will Jeffrey Combs? Mazur has asked, will Jeffrey Combs get a headstone for every character he played? <laughs> oh my goodness! That would be a that would be a f- pretty full plot. Wait, wait. Ha, ha, uh, what was the name of him in what you call it? Wayun. How many of those were there? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I still think there's a missed opportunity there because Strange New Worlds should have had him playing Doctor Boyce. Oh. Absolutely should have had him playing Boyce. 
Betty White did not make it to 100. She she passed just a few months shy of her 100th birthday. Was she it was even 99. a few months? It wasn't like a month or so. It, she, she was, was close. Ready, up for her she, birthday. Yeah, she was close. It might it might have been within a month. Yeah, she was close. But she she didn't get she didn't make it to 100. Paramount Global latest acquisition offer. What's going on there? Oh, that's the Byron Allen the stuff. The Byron Allen stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it will be interesting to see, um, if, if, if Allen Media buys Paramount Global, that'll be an interesting mix of things, because then you get, uh, what else has he got? He's got a couple of other, uh, uh, other, other networks and channels and stuff that he's got, but, yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I still think Universal ought to make a bid for Warner Brothers. Melissa Barrera I, incites more controversy with new social media posts, sparking uproar at WME. Um, and who is who is she? She was she was the star of the last two Scream films that posted a bunch of stuff pro Palestinian things, and she got canned oh, from them. Oh. And apparently, she's made some more stuff. WME, I think, is her. Oh. They've her reps have dropped her as a client now. Oh, so that's going to make it I, tougher uh, for her to get work. I heard the, uh, the the whole uh, that whole thing was over and done with after uh, Chicago uh, the Chicago City Council passed a resolution saying that it should end. I, I figured yeah. it'd be over by now. Well, and and Brown University apparently has got some has got nineteen students that are on a that are on a hunger strike. Well, then, because they the, want they want Brown University to come out and and make a statement. If only Brown would come out and make a statement, this whole thing would end. Right, I mean, right. Hey, there's there's low spec Linux gaming in the chat over there on Rumble. This I it, I see that name quite a bit over on Culture Casino streams. Good to see. Yeah, you. yeah, I recognize oh. that. Yeah, we got to get culture on here sometime. Culture's when, uh, been on. We we've had we've had him on money 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 streams and stuff. Yeah. We got to we yeah we got to we got to cross, while, cross pollinate a, a little bit. Well, I I got to do that. We've got uh, I still got to reach out to Cameron and and talk to him about coming back and and uh, get Judah back on here to talk about some stuff, PR wise and and that kind of yeah. thing. So we're we're getting there. Always we're love, getting there. Love love hearing from Cameron. Christian, yeah. do we have a Cameron? show when we were not back uh we did one yeah 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 so so you know I well you better it. get on that stuff jason because i want my yeah pulled along. I'm, I'm working on it i'm working on it yeah so but but see the thing is if if you're going to ride somebody's coattails you have to actually be on the coattails to to get to the ride so you you got to do your part well i mean i'm, I'm dressing in the company uniform so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey I got a sw- my, I, you know what? I'm actually wearing a sweater, which is the same pattern as what uh, you guys similar to what you're wearing. It's a sweater. It's not a flannel shirt. But yeah. it's more like a yeah. But see, stop, sweater. But stop. You could you funny. could use AI tools to create you a little animated avatar and and use that character. You don't want to be on camera. You could use you that know, character I, to I host tried your videos. Doing that. I couldn't. I, I've seen a couple guys do that. No. I tried doing it. I couldn't figure out how to do it, but I tried to get my kids helping me. But they don't create that. Create that AI. AI. But that's what I would like to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, AI influencer, that. make her blonde, six foot. Just make sure you got the big eyes and, yeah. you know. Yeah, big no, eyes. No, no, it would look exactly like me, except it would be. Not yeah. like you. But no. the big eyes. But they yeah. got to have the big eyes. Yeah. Chi- Wait, are, you, are we talking anime eyes or chibi eyes? Oh, what's the difference? I, well, I don't know, anime but I've heard the word. My as... daughter uses it. But... What's that? Chibi. Oh, chibi, yeah. I've heard that word. I don't know what they mean. Chibi is, cute, a, is an art style. Um, yeah, I it's very very cutesy. Yeah. Um, oh, what was what was the the, the robot my, girl? Uh, my daughters are way more movie. creative than I. My uh, one of them, who's eleven, makes these. So they're kind of stop motion. They're not really stop motion. It's more like a, um, uh, you know, like a. They use programs on from online, and then it's more like a, a you know you set up a background and then you put the characters in and then you you know you sort of move the characters move into a different position. Yeah, and then they, you know, whatever the bubble, talk bubble changes and stuff like that. But uh, I think that's kind of chibi. Some of them have tails and all kinds of weird, but it's very, you know, Japanese animation sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is this is uh, here. Let me pull this up. Just to this this is chibi style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the weird looking. Features and whatnot, so. childlike, big eyes, yeah. which kind of anime. Yeah, there, what was the movie with the with the robot girl that came out that everybody was? Oh, oh uh, Battle Angel or uh, Battle yeah, Angel. Alita yeah. Battle Angel. Yeah. Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, that that's not a yeah. pretty good movie. Not yeah. bad. I have not seen it. I need to. I you know I'm a bad sci-fi person. I haven't seen it oh, either. Shit. I will admit, what? I have not seen it. You uh, haven't seen it, Jason? Oh. No. Well, I've been I've been spending a lot of time. This is Chibi style. You can go. You can probably go to your local library, and get it for free on DVD. Yeah. Well, um, I, I need to I need to make a trip to the uh, to the used bookstore to get some stuff. So I'll probably pick it up there. It really needs a. It really needs a. Uh, you know, a, a follow up. It needs a second. Uh, They've been talking maybe. about it. It's yeah. it's supposed it's to be in, itself, in the works. It's supposed yeah, to be I've in development. So I don't know. I don't know how far there's a lot of resolved uh, stuff with the uh, with the bad people who live up in the sky type of thing. But yeah. uh, you know, it's not a bad movie. You know, it's not the greatest thing ever in science fiction. But uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 better than some of the stuff that they put out, they've put out recently. So yeah. So that's why that's why in the new Who that they they created that character with. Ah, okay, I get it now. What, what character? Oh, that that furry creature that was supposed to be all sympathetic, but it was really the big bad guy. Oh no, that's not Chibi. That's a that's a uh, that's from the that's from the original comic strip. Was it like that? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and different doctor though. And he's actually uh, he actually looks like the the. Um, Oh crap! What are they called? There's a Star Wars, a Marvel Star Wars issue where they had these little things. Um, I want to call them boojums, but that's not what they were. Um, it's not they, a miniature giant space hamster, though. No, it's a it's the little it's the little. Uh, uh, that, that was that uh, was from D and D D and D humor. Um. Uh, do 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 do. Um, Marvel, 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 Marvel. Somebody said baby, baby like oh, Kronos, 
Krotnos. Krotnos. Marvel Star Wars. Yeah, these things are a little bit creepy at times, but uh, you know. That was in one of the one of the Star Wars comics. Something yeah, similar. there's a there's a um, there's a, a a set of characters. Pliff. There we go. Um, Hoojibs. Hoojibs. That's what they were. Um, Are they in, they're probably on Wikipedia. They yeah, fight I'm, with I'm the uh, Wichamajiggers. Those are their enemies. The Hoojib was a, a sentient, telepathic group of, of creatures that they encountered in um in an epi- in a in an issue of the original Marvel Star Wars run hmm. um and let me see if I can get a good good picture of them here this is a this is from this is a page from the book let's let's pull that up these little creatures here are hujibs and they're telepathic And you can see there that's, and and this this creature from this uh, Doctor Who episode kind of look kind of reminded me a little bit of that. He also kind of looks a little like um, Furby. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's Muabdib. 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 Yeah. Muabdib. But um, yeah, though that, but that creature design in Doctor Who actually does look really close to the original Dave Gibbons artwork in uh in the book in the wow. in the in the comic strip which which so. doctor was it the original was fourth doctor so it was Tom Baker yeah, yeah it was a Tom Baker story and uh it's in the Dave Gibbons collection they did a they did a, a softback omnibus of all of the Doctor Who comic books that Dave Gibbons drew and it's in that. Um, so did they basically act like that wasn't canon then, or what? No, no they they did the they did the TV episode based on that comic strip. It's an adaptation now. Okay. I don't. But know. that already happened back in Tom Baker's day. So how? So it happened again. Well, no the comic the comic See? strips the comic strips and all that stuff is not considered canon. Canon Shmanon, come on. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I don't consider current current I year. Do what I, want. Well, I don't need to follow anybody's rules. The current comic. Well, see, and that's a question too, because current year Star Wars, all of it's canon, right? You all your comic books and your novels and whatnot. I don't think that's the case with this with Doctor Who, with all of the comic books that they're doing. I think at Titan or IDW. I can't remember who's got the license now, but um, I don't. I don't think it's considered canon internally either. Yeah. Big Finish is semi-canon. Um, the audio productions, and the only reason that some people consider Big Finish canon is because when you had Night of the Doctor, the 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 little short segment where we got uh, Paul McGann regenerating into War Doctor, mm-hmm. when he's about to do when he's about to take the take the thing to trigger the regeneration. When he apologizes to various people, he mentions in that list uh, companions from the audio stuff that he'd been recording over at Big Finish. So people right. are all like, "That makes it canon! That makes it canon!" So yeah, it, it Big Finish, I mean, Big Finish, Big Finish is kind of canon, sort of yeah. canon. 
It's like uh, like the animated Star Trek series, the original, is kind of canon. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Uh, apparently, there's there's more controversy going on in the D and D community now, and. Oh, uh, I heard something about that. They're talking about selling. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a Chinese. No, no, no. That's only that was only the first thing. That was we think it was kind of a psyop from a from a Chinese uh, AI bot or something like that that took something that Stephen Glicker from Roll from Roll for Combat had had postulated along with other, uh, there's been a couple of other YouTubers who have said similar things. Kind of took that and spun it because it was almost. To, it was it was very uncanny like how similar it was to what Glicker had said, and I mean like and then you, Bar- uh, Baron uh, I forget what his name. Ron well, Baron. that original story got reported on a Chinese blog, right. and and then it got picked up in a couple of other places. I went back to the original Chinese blog, and they were citing uh, an investment firm of some sort. Snow Leopard. Uh, Snow Leopard, which I couldn't find yeah. any information on. And they were saying that they'd heard, you know, Hasbro was getting ready to sell the D&D IP. Right. And Hasbro has come out and made the statement and said, no, 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 we're not going to sell the, the D&D IP. No, 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 no. We have no intent Yeah. on selling the IP. But the other part of that is Very we have weird wording we, some people are pointing out. Well, the other part of that is is the wording where they say we have no intent to sell the D&D IP. They could have intent to sell Wizards of the Coast altogether, which includes the D&D IP. Right. But that's not the same as saying we don't intend to sell the D&D thing. We're going to sell all or, of it. Yeah. Or it could also include farming it out and still. It could it. be, yeah. Licensing and, it out, yeah, yeah like, and like some Marvel people, did. To, yeah, some people have know. speculated that because it's Tencent that we're talking about, that it might be some new video game license, possibly. So not yeah, because that again, you know, I mean, Tencent's involved in a lot of a lot of video gaming, and so there's a possibility there they could be working on a D and D game, and Hasbro won't sell it, but they'll license it out. It, it could also be but, again since they're moving so heavily into the uh, you know table um, online tabletop virtual tabletop stuff that they might say, well, farm that whole segment out um, as opposed to having it in house. Um, we'll maintain the rights, reap the reap the rewards, and we'll outsource oh. the uh, production. Yeah, yeah, and sounds, sounds kind of like what they're doing with the toys, huh? Yeah, and think about where the money comes from with these things. It's typically from lunchboxes, t-shirts, more than you know the the primary thing. Uh, oftentimes, at least. Yeah. yeah, but without that core, you still got to have your core material to to to. Sure, but so but having fun. someone else handle that might inc- improve their profitability. Um, because that other company would be paying, they would be, instead of paying those costs in-house, someone would be paying them for the privilege of doing that, plus they would still get all the uh, merchandising money. Right. Yeah. Right. I also po- I posted in the tabletop on the Discord uh, before that whole debacle started kind of going sideways. And um, apparently, you know, the Gygax estate and Troll Lord Games... Uh, it got, uh, the, I guess, the estate and the courts in Wisconsin uh, allowing them to do several new, uh, them to reprint several of the Gagax stuff that uh, was never the D&D stuff. 
Oh. You know, but the, uh, yeah, I. Uh, which which stuff is this? Well, they've already redone uh, Castle uh, Zagig, or Zygag, or whatever, however you pronounce it. My alarm going off here. Um, but uh, there's like a whole list of stuff that they're going to be able to reprint. Um, the Gygaxian Fantasy World Series in its entirety. Um, the Hermit, which I'm already in on the Kickstarter for The Hermit. That's actually was already announced. Uh, a board game called Kings of England, Kings of France, um, which is a board game not, and uh, that that Gary had come up with. He was really big. Of course, you know he got his start in the whole wargaming thing, and it's yeah. kind of tied off with that. Um, Hall of Many Pains and Castle Zagig Yigsburg, which is the town that's surrounding it, including the 24 neighborhoods. I think they're saying that that may be a uh, – one of these may be a, a a ten ten book set or something like that. So there there's a and this is just some of the stuff. Um Castle Zagig, Eastmark, The Mance, Mouse of Madness, and the Dungeon. So I mean they're talking a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff that Gary had worked on. Um and uh, that's you know, like I said, they've been so it, it looks good, and the family is involved. Particularly, I know Luke Gygax is was there on the announcement the uh, the other day, so that was kind of that was kind of cool. Um, which you, I got. Are Are you familiar? What kind of what kind of of relationship is there between Luke and Ernie? I mean, is Ernie involved? I mean, they're in any brothers. Stuff? They're siblings. Yeah, I mean, you know. yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, no. Um. Well, of course, you know, Ernie was having some very severe health issues yeah uh heidi um which is which is uh luke's older sister uh and also uh luke were um were really worried about about him for a while i have not heard an update um i'm curious as to actually what's going on with him because no. um, i've got they, they've each been publishing their own stuff i just got this um which is from luke gygax uh, it's his his own thing from Gaxworks, which is his company, and then I've got stuff from uh, from the other side. I don't know if I've got it up here or not. I think I do. Um, from imagine if you had the last name Gygax, what you could do. Oh yeah, well you know, and people of course are coming out and saying, you know, here, and this is from Heidi. Uh, that's a dice set and. You know, whole game. Well, here's here's a post from January 31st from Wonderfield. Be sure to connect with us Grab on social Ernie media Gygax and Jr. subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. About, uh, this is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Too. So it's a, mo- a campaign module starter. Yeah. Um, but I don't see. Um, he's he's their creative supervisor. I guess he's active. I don't see. I don't. Well, he was in hos- in the hospital for for he was having. I mean, they were they were they had him in a medically induced coma. I think at one point, so um, he had some really really bad health health issues that was going on. So um, I appreciate everything that both Eric uh, that uh, Heidi and her husband Eric um, Garland, uh, as well as Luke and. You know, they, I think they had three different Gygaxes on um, Bill Sylvie's channel, uh, The Dungeon Delver. Um, yeah. Which, 
pretty regular on his. He's a, he's an old so, school first edition okay. guy. But. So as of December, Ernie was out of the hospital. Um, Wonderfield posted on the 29th, off to see Ernie. He's sounding like his old self, such a treasure, grateful for his recovery. So it sounds like he's doing okay. He, he's 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 getting out of the December woods, so December 17th it said he was back at the table and out of the hospital so he's he's I guess doing better I mean he you he's know he's waiting junior. so he's waiting he's for, uh, according yeah. to this he's waiting for a heart transplant oh ah uh, so that would make pretty so serious, that's but, that's yeah, what they're that's, that's what bad. he's going through now but uh, but it looks like he's out of the hospital and home so I, I, I'm I'm reading into those posts, uh, but it doesn't say exactly what kind of condition he's in, but he's at least out of the hospital. So yeah. So there's well, that. like I said, I you know I I know that the family has been involved in the stuff that Trollord is doing, which is kind of cool. Um, that's Trollord is games is the Trollord games is the last group that Gary was working with directly when he passed away. Yeah. So. It's kind of right, and then of course you know the whole co- uh, contest between between wills and this and that and the other, and yeah. you know, and and from what Luke was saying, um, this was his father's you know kind of last request. He wanted to make sure that this stuff got to see the light of day sometime. So that's kind of cool, you know, and I'm I'm hoping there's going to be more on it. You know, I'm, I'm looking so. forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and we might be getting more of Godzilla. Uh, Takashi Yamazaki posting over on, Twi- uh, on on Twixer. This was 17 hours ago as of now. Today is the last day of Godzilla's North American release. And that's both minus one and minus one minus color. They're out. Today's the last day. He says, there are so many posts saying goodbye to Godzilla that it fills me with sadness. I believe we will see him again. That's pretty cool. So yeah. we're getting a sequel. <laughs> yeah, we, I tried to go. We couldn't find uh, in our local area. Yeah. You know, we waited we too late. To you think it already ran? DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I still. DVD or whatever. I still want to know what that conversation was that they had at Lucasfilm. Because oh, where well, they called him in to you know, they invited yeah. him in and they screened the movie on campus at Lucasfilm, and I want to know one, who invited him. Two, what conversations they had at that time, and three, what's coming out of that conversation. That's yeah. that's what I because if they're going to sit there and say, hey, you just made a Godzilla movie for ten million dollars. And it's doing, you know, great, you know, third third best foreign language film in the history of ever in, in, in America. And respects the lore, one, but also kind of retells the original 1954 story in a, in, a, in a way. But it does it in a way that's that's really engaging and it and it's and it tells tells a story that makes you actually care about these characters and all this stuff. Can you can you make a can you make us a Star War, please? 
Uh, we'll, give you, we'll give you $25 million and right. <laughs> show yeah. what you can Ma- do. Yeah, Mazur's coming back. Lucasfilm invited the director of, of Godzilla Minus One to screen the film there at the campus. So. so you're looking for insiders to tell you, eh? I am. I want sources. I want people to tell me. I want my own little bird. Yes, Well, man. I was there. And it's Godzilla versus the Ewoks. That's uh, there we go. That's there we go. Yes. Yes. Takashi Yamazaki. Awesome. How do you know Great. the Ewoks and Godzilla would be on the same side? They aren't on the same side. They're, They're not? fighting each other. That's the whole thing. Cute Why? Little Ewoks. Look at all. Think of all the marketing. You know, big one big Godzilla. Tiny I mean, Ewoks. think of the Very think cute. of the, the awesome. think of the battle diorama for that one. Yeah, think right. of Battle of Endor with Godzilla. That's yes. what it's going to be. That could be fun. I am picturing this. Well, I'm telling you, it's true. So uh, why do why do there. I smell Brussels sprouts all of a sudden? I didn't cook any. I don't have any to cook. I just well, had so, chicken what strip. Do, what do you have? What do you have to contribute here? What do you, what were you you were just looking? You wanted to say something there. Oh, I was just oh. curious what your uh, opinion is on the fact that we're getting another Planet of the Apes. Oh, Kingdom of the Planet? It doesn't surprise me. Well, I mean, at least it's all, nobody's trying to redo a new one. It's just, it's all a continuous timeline, right? Yeah, well, this one is a continuation of the current set. Yes. yes. That goes back to the James Franco one. But wasn't that James a continuation? No, that wasn't a continuation. That was a reboot. No, that was, a, that was sort of a soft reboot. So that because was them trying the, the, to redo what the originals? No. Yeah, kind of. You have... Okay, so the Mark Wahlberg movie is not part of any canon at all, any continuity. Yeah, the James right. Franco one, basically, the way that that film was set up, it's technically intended to be a prequel to the original set of films. And what it does, it basically is a soft reboot going forward from there. So Battle for the Planet of the Apes, the one where the revolt is, the one that Ricardo Montalban and his his character is in there, that one is kind of part of all of this, but it's it's in that, it's it's in a, a rebooted continuity. And so the Franco one moving forward is that is is all of the stuff that kind of fills in the gaps on on where everything was by the time you get to Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and they they made it backwards compared to the original, right? Yeah. So and I need to and I need to end. Yeah, and I I I actually need to go through and and watch all of these because I haven't seen any of them. I am so confused, but okay. At least I've seen the what originals. Are you, what are you now. confused about? I've seen the originals. Okay. And the f- I, first, I, first four, <laughs> first four movies. You know, Charlton has to yeah, battle yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that that set, right? Yes. James Franco movie, prequel to all of those. Okay. New movies well, that uh, are sequels to those come forward toward Planet of the Apes. Okay, so they went backwards and made several movies that move forward. All, so of, all these, of a sudden, these you go from all... having four to four plus X amount before no, of the four. These are these are all before the first one. Yeah, it's humans fighting apes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the apes are becoming more intelligent as they go. So it's kind of the, you know, if you look at the Charlton Heston movie, 
you know, where apes are in control and humans are all dumb. You know, how did we get to that point over the thousand years or so? Yeah, uh, this is filling in all of that. Showing that. So how where does this one do? But the original movies kind of showed those too, right? Like the original, I yeah, mean, they kinda. weren't focused on that area, but they go back in time and they, you know, we come back to the 60s, 70s, and they go from there yeah. and well, jump the around. Third, the third movie is the time travel movie where they loop back, where where uh, Cornelius, Cornelius and, and Zira come back. The third movie, not the second? Okay. No, because the second three. movie, the second movie is the one with the, with the atomic bomb. Oh and, right, and sorry. Yes, yes. The third movie is when they come back, yes. and then 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 Battle for the Planet of the Apes is is Cornelius and Zero's son, yeah, um, with Ricardo Montalban, and that's Battle for the Planet of the Apes, and I don't think I don't think there's one after that. Isn't there a fifth one? I thought there was there a, fifth a fifth one. one. There is the fifth one. Okay, and yeah. that's where they're right. isn't that the fifth one is more about? I mean, they're kind of sitting. There's humans and apes sitting in a, and they are talking about. I mean, that's Something or like is that, that the fourth one? That, I, they're, I don't they're, know. they're relaying the story of the. Of what yeah, that might, that might be that the, might be the yeah, that yeah. might be the other one. Mazers, join us. Hi, Mazers. Hey, um, I did want to throw in, and this is just you know me, I'm anecdotal. Um, <laughs> Takashi Yamazaki, uh, he also directed in 2010 the uh, Space Battleship Yamato live action movie, which oh, translates really? to Star Blazers. That for my money, is the most amazing live-action translation in the history of ever. Um, So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, please go see it. If you are a Star Blazers fan from the 80s, it'll knock your socks off. I'm not a a big fan, but seeing a live-action version of that would be very interesting of all those. Oh, I tell you, when the How much much he uh... respected, when you said that God, when you were talking about Godzilla, and I'm listening to you go on about... uh, you know how much he respected the the lore and where it came from. I thought, is it the same director? Yeah, it is. So, is that a yeah. Japanese film? Yeah, it's, it is. It is. Uh, it is a live action. Um, here, I'll, uh, it's it's a live action adaptation of Space Battleship Yamato uh, of the anime, and this is what became star blazers over here in the United States back in the late seventies, I think is right. when it was over here, 76, 77, somewhere in there. And, and if you remember the, the story arc, they went to Iskandar to save earth and they came back. And, um, yep. that, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. And this movie, this movie takes that first, uh, Iskandar arc. Um, yeah. this they, is, this is do, that first season. Two hours. Yeah. And it's really good. What really got me on this is the fact that um, the they they got the costumes right. Yes. And when when the ship comes up and launches, when they launch the ship, mm-hmm. it looked so much like the anime. They got it right. They 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 actually know what they're talking, what they're doing here. Yes. I did not realize that Yamazaki was the same. It was the same guy. That's that's well, that's encouraging. Even when they fired the wave motion gun, they did that whole silly thing where you have like a hammer going into a receiver. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a beat for beat. Very the Japanese replicated. respect uh, the original uh, story. Is it is it subbed or is it dubbed? It's subbed, it's but subbed. you know what? That that it that was not in any way uh, anything that, that took me out of it. Okay. Yeah. No, no, it I worked. Mean, it worked really well because because you're like, 
I mean, I loved Pan's Labyrinth, but that gave me a headache. <laughs> like, you'll have reading, to reading of, a movie. <laughs> if you actually remember the American names like I dorkily do, like there's no Derek Wildstar, there's Kodai, for yeah. example. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always prefer sub or sub because it throws me out of the movie when I hear some Japanese guy speak, speaking with a John Wayne accent. Well, you lose you lose some of the <laughs> you lose some of the intensity of the emotion and the performance too. Yeah, because yeah, yeah the, sub, the the dubbed versions are not always necessarily going to have the same energy because you, you're not in the moment. Now, what's going to end up happening is you're going to get these um, uh, these AI translations where I could take this movie that's in Japanese with these Japanese actors who may not know a lick of English and have AI change all of their speaking so we see them speaking English. We've already seen this happen. Um, uh, uh, President Malay from Argentina, yeah. they, they did it to his speech at the World Economic Forum here not too long ago, where he's now speaking English, even though he didn't speak English when he gave the speech. And it's not dubbed. You're actually seeing him speak English. Well, and that's, you, and you that's where the AI is going with some of this stuff. Like you, you know, I, I was I was reading I was reading the uh, the uh, uh, when Malay did his thing and I was reading the the transcript that was at the bottom and listening to what the, I think it was a she was saying when and there were things that he said that she skipped you know and I don't know if he's just saying too fast and she was trying to translate on the on the fly or if that was deliberate <laughs> but. You know, um, so in that regard, yeah, reading it was better. Um, okay, MS so. MS is taking us to task for being Planet of the Apes uh, uh, newbies. I guess he's calling us because we haven't seen a lot of the a lot of the the stuff. Rise of Planet of the Apes uh, is where we see Taylor's spaceship taking off. So I, I I remember a mention of that. I just there's just so much stuff. To watch talking, and to catch up. Is he talking the originals or? Uh, no, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think was what the third one in the reboot. I think I don't one know. With, Second with, or third with one. He was him in a mental hospital, and he was in a mirror universe or something like that. I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's the, there's the Marky Mark one, and then they rebooted it again. No, no, yeah, I'm talking no, about yeah, the, the original. The one with Mark Wahlberg is not is not part of this. Um, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. I've seen them all. I just don't remember them. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's... Yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was um, 2011, and it looks like... Oh, the, okay, this, this might be the beginning... Is this the first one? Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was the next one. War for the Planet of the Apes. The Planet so of the this Apes is awakens. the... This looks like this is the re... This, okay, this is, this is the first one of that set. The last Planet of the Apes? No, Rise of the Planet of the Apes would have been the, the beginning of the reboot. It's the first one. So it's the first James Franco film, and then after that, I believe is is uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is the next one, because that one, yeah, that was twenty fourteen. 
mid-morning of the Planet of the Apes, afternoon of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Dinner. Tea time evening with of Planet, the Planet of, of the Apes. Apes. And then war. Second breakfast of the Planet of the Damn Apes. Damn it. I was just war. about to say that. Yeah. Oh, I beat you war, to it. There you war go. for the Planet of the Apes was 2017. So that was the third one. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so MS is right. Yeah, Rise, then Dawn, then War, soft, soft, uh, soft reboot. <laughs> The Grinch that stole the planet of the apes. <laughs> well, you know, you could you could probably add any of that. Uh, yeah, you could add the planet of the the Empire Strikes Back at the Planet of the Apes. Um, <laughs> ape strikes back. It'll be the Apes Jaws, Strikes Back. Jaws the and the Planet of the Apes. Um, <laughs> yeah. crying yeah. right now. Well, he, he he was on earlier. He had some stuff to do. Um, um, <laughs> It's our fault. Barb Barbie in the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Barbie in the Planet of the Apes. Oh Lord. Um Ken turn, Ken turns into an ape or <laughs> Well sure, sure. Yeah. Ken's already an ape, he's a man, so Well, you know, I mean if you take Oscar. if you take I mean, I'm I'm sure that there was somebody out there who probably had the Mego Planet of the Apes figures and stole their sister's Barbies and had had things happen. Between between the Mego Planet of the Apes figures and the Barbie figures, I'm sure somebody got imaginative there. The G.I. Oppenheimer and the Planet of the Apes. I was just right? thinking that too. Well, in a, in Barbenheimer. A way, isn't that, That's isn't the second that what movie. created Godzilla? And no, no, no. Well, no if you're going to do that, Planet of the Apes too. No, then it becomes Apenheimer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> From the studios that brought you Barbieheimer, it is now the time for Apenheimer. I got to see that that movie. You haven't seen Oppenheimer yet? It's good. It's good. Yeah, you see it. Put on headphones and turn them way up. You need to see it. It's good. Is it streaming anywhere yet? Not. Been not, released on not, yet? I don't think it has. I don't think so. it, it hasn't, and it's I'm got a wondering. Date. It has a date, though. Yeah, and oh, I'm wondering, know. are they going to be re-releasing it in the theater since it's been nominated? Since they do that, because I know when we were seeing Argyle the other day, one of the things that they had listed at Screenland Armor was the return of. It uh, is. It is streaming of Barbie and um, Oppenheimer. It's streaming on Peacock February sixth. Sixteenth uh, February sixteenth, it is streaming on Peacock. Well, there you go. Um, have a boom for your Valentine's Day. Oh, Lord. And it says that, here. That means I'd have to see if my Peacock account is still around. Literally, that that movie, I guarantee you, stressed uh, movie audio systems to the max. Just and did 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 uh, Mr. Jones walk out of a refrigerator at the? <laughs> no. Oh, no. now if you've got Amazon Prime, it's already out. You can you can rent it on on Amazon Prime, but it'll be it'll be streaming on Peacock February sixteenth. Okay, well I heard Prime is going to search. I <laughs> haven't watched. Prime okay, here we go. Road Vagabond Life, sleepless in the sleepless in the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Sci-fi romantic comedy there. Oh Lord, well you know they're out of ideas. I mean that's the next, you know, that's the why next, not next. Next stretch. If you can't reboot anything, you can't uh, just take stuff and mash it together. Plan- right. Planet of the Apes and the 
Planet of the Apes and the Philosopher's Stone uh, from from Kronos. You can do that. Oh, <laughs> MSS, I'm going to buy Oppenheimer Valentine's cards for my kids' class. <laughs> <laughs> You're the bomb. <laughs> well, they'll probably be taken as a threat next. <laughs> yeah. The kid, the, the kid was handing out cards that you know were threatening the world. <laughs> oh, oh I, I don't know. know. I, uh, I anyway, don't know. speaking speaking of Argyle, I I will reiterate. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. My review is out up on uh, SciFiForMe.com. It, it so came out last really, night. Was that the first? Uh, the the review came out last night. Yeah. No, but the movie came out last night. I thought it was uh, movie yet. hit previews last night, and oh, it's okay. already so brought just... in brought in almost two million in previews. So it just came out. It just yeah. came out. Yeah, it's out this weekend, and it. I liked it. I I th- I thought he it was fun. Laughed. I, la- I laughed. He has teeth. I thought it was fun. <laughs> I thought it was fun. It's see the 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 big thing for me was try. I I had to remind myself. Oh yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard can act. Because every time we're talking about oh, Bryce Dallas Howard, we're ta- well, every no, time we talk can. about her, we're talking about her as a director. Mm. Because she's, you know, she's directing Star Wars stuff. Well, she, she was, was in. She, uh, she was kind of weird in that one Terminator movie, uh, Salvation, but she was really good in that Black Mirror episode about social media credit scores. Yeah. Was, was she? she in was she in Terminator Sa- World? She, yeah, she was in Jurassic World. You thought she, was she good? I, mean, I, haven't, I, I thought, she was but see, kinda, I haven't uh, seen those. I haven't seen them. Oh, you haven't seen? I the haven't seen she them. Was, so, J- yeah. Jason, she was John Connor's mother in one of the Terminator movies. I, I could be calling it wrong. Was she? she step- yes. In one of the movies, or his wife? I'm sorry, his Ooh, wife. Okay. Yeah, but you know, we are we're always talking about her as a as a director. You know, Mandalorian and and Boba Fett and all that, but I'm I gotta like, look oh it up yeah, now. she's an actress too. I keep forgetting that. Um, actress. No, wait, I do want uh, actress. Jurassic World Evolution, Black Mirror. No, I did call it right. She was in Terminator Salvation as Kate Connor, wife of John Connor. Okay, I. Interesting. I don't remember her being in that movie. She didn't have like a super big role, but yeah. Um, what was that movie? She was the wasn't she in a Sam Raimi movie or one of those gotcha movies when she was younger? Um, The Village or something like that. That's M Night Shyamalan, not Sam Raimi. Yeah, which movie was that? I think I think you're right. I think it was The Village. She was in that. Okay. She was good in that. Well, she's she's got the chops. Yeah, there she is. Yeah, there she is right there. In uh, in Terminator Salvation. I didn't remember she was, she was there. She was also in A Beautiful Mind. I don't know as who. Yeah. She was uncredited in um, Parenthood and Apollo 13. Not surprising. She's a, she's a little girl in Apollo 13. Yeah. Yeah. Make me feel old. I remember that movie coming out. Right. Ugh. Better than <clears throat> Apollo 18. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think you know too. You get these, you get these people that are known for one, one thing, 
And she was then in the Twilight was, series. I yes, forgot about was. that. Yeah. Because she replaced, yeah. Emma says Jurassic World Dominion was one of the dumbest movies ever. It has the funniest, most ridiculous ending ever in a film. I don't know. Argyle's ending is kind of <laughs> kind of funny and ridiculous it, in a good way. Now, a lot of the a lot of the critics are panning this thing. It's not really, got very good scores on on Rotten Tomatoes, which means it's pretty good. Um, yeah. It you have to remember it's a comedy. <clears throat> it is. Like the, it is a spy like action spy comedy, comedy yeah. and it's not a parody. It's a comedy, and there's a difference. It doesn't make fun of all of the tropes. It uses the tropes for humor. And it works. It's very smart. And and Sam Rockwell and Bryce Dallas Howard have really good chemistry on screen. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it is not fun. it's not based on the book that's coming out today, I guess. It's out today. The 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 Argyle by Ellie Conway book that's out. Sounds like from the descriptions, it sounds like it's a different story than what's actually we're finding in, when we get in the movie. So, have have uh, you done a video for it yet, or just the article? No, I just did the I just did the review of the article. Culture Casino has done a review on video. Um, I've just talked about it here a couple of times in the show, but the review itself is over at the dot com, and we I put the what link. did Culture think? He liked it. I mean, he thought it was okay. He gave it a, a six out of ten. So. Did you pass on to him what I thought he needed to go for next? I, I have not done okay. that yet. No. no. So. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I I'll have to see. I I I tend I like Jeremy John's reviews. Um. I like the way he, I like his style. Um. <laughs> you know. So. No. I, I know he did a review from it, but I haven't seen that yet. Um. Yeah, there's too too many too much stuff to watch. It's hard to remember everything until I'm like, oh yeah, that's I meant to watch that. Yeah. So I would I would say go go see it this weekend if you can. It's a it's a good it's a good flick. It's a popcorn flick. Is is it worth driving 45 minutes to go see though? That's the I, question. I'd say so. I mean, it's the thing is you have to pay attention. It's the dialogue goes quick. And it's very smartly written, so you know everything kind of hangs together, and every twist has a setup, and and you have a setup and a payoff for everything. There's nothing there's nothing left on the table at the end of this thing. It's 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 pretty fun. So I I'd, I mean I guess you know I'd rather have a a a, a, a decent you know a, an average movie. I think that might have been what Culture was saying. It's like a it's an average movie for yeah. you know this day and age. I'm surprised to hear that the budget was 200 million. It doesn't look like they spent 200 million on it, but at the same time, you know, people are, are talking sure about the scene. Well, the I hallway. don't. Well, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, some of the CG work, uh, some of the CG work takes place in some places where we're not. In, we're in Argyle story universe. Because Ellie's reading the book to the group at the, at the beginning, you know, we get we get some of these scenes that are, you know, we're seeing the book play out as she's telling the story. So in those particular places, I don't expect the CG to be Great. realistic because it's it's not that kind of a movie. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 fun. I I, en- I enjoyed it. I'd watch I mean, it I, again. I would go and spend should... money for a ticket to go see it. Matinee. 
No, I, I, I actually go at well, night, you go, too. You go yeah, in the evening. I go yeah. evening, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's, yeah. it's date movie night. Uh, it's, it's date night movie. Oh, yeah, Mrs. Really? Death, yeah, like putting that on the calendar. Because it's not intense. It's not in your face. It's not angsty. It's not drama. It's not speechifying. We're not preaching. It's not part of a big franchise where you got to do all this homework. It's just you know you go in, you watch the movie, it's done. Well, that was a good time. Popcorn flick. Like Maybe I can that. get the wife to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm know. I'm 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 hearing their budget was 200 million. I don't know of that for sure. What their I budget mean, how much was. of that was CG and how much of that was salaries? You know? Yeah, I mean, and that could be a thing too because uh, who knows? Uh, according to the numbers, they've made 1.7 million so far, but it's only been out last night. So, um, no, yeah, Thursday release. Yeah, okay. Thursday Thursday previews. It's in three thousand six hundred. It's it says here their production budget was two hundred million. So this is according to the numbers dot com. So they need to get about four fifty to to break even. Something like that. Yeah. Four hundred fifty or five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they on that ballpark thing. They yeah. they maybe could do it. It it it's one of those. Where it's kind of, I expect it to play out kind of similar to uh, anyone but you. The the rom com with Cindy Sweeney, because it yeah. dropped in December, and it didn't do all that great the first week. But word of mouth has kept it going. It's been uh, like like we talked about with Paul DeGarabedi when he was on. He said it's been a leggy movie, and in 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 industry terms, when a movie has legs. It means that it continues to make money every weekend, not necessarily the same amount. I mean, there'll be some drops, but if it picks up and and does steady every week, it's because word of mouth is good. Hey, I, I went and saw this movie. Go see it. And well, I mean, Maverick, I think, Maverick had legs. Maverick had a yeah, Maverick had legs, but Maverick and I had legs for, for <laughs> Maverick. Maverick though had a lot of money spent on the marketing too. And it had a lot of a lot of of online chatter because it was thirty years later from the other one, and everybody loves the first one. And all, there's all of this peripheral stuff that you're not getting from things like anyone but you or or, or this one because th- there's no history there. But yeah. anyone but you is is getting a lot of good good word of mouth because mid sized budget rom com. Not a franchise, not a big, huge, giant IP based on something. You know that it's not a comic book movie. It's not a superhero movie. It's not a, right. you know, it's not the twelfth installment it's in new. Mission Impossible. It's, something it's new, different. and it's by it's a standalone picture. I'm not going That's into this good. expecting it's the it's the beginning of a trilogy. Now Argyle probably will be the beginning of something, but mm-hmm. you don't have to know anything going into it. I'm going to go in. I'm going to watch this movie. That's all you need to know. Well, and we should reward Hollywood for, for doing something right. Yeah. You know, at least a little bit, you know, instead of just rebooting a reboot of a reboot of a remake of a yeah. reimagining. I mean, at the very least, go see Argyle for for uh, for Bryce Dallas, Bryce Dallas Howard's bangs and mom jeans. <laughs> you mom jeans. You shouldn't reward anybody. You should just go and consume good media. Go consume. Well, yeah. I, I, Not because you reward them, because it's good. 
But I mean, that's well, how we reward them, though. You yeah, know? and and that's how they that's how they learn. Well, we made a lot of money on this one. Maybe we should make another one. Of course, eventually that comes to bite you in the back. Yeah. Oh, let's just make our tenth or twentieth first or whatever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, of the apes, Argyle of the apes. Yes, Argyle of the apes. <laughs> Right. I mean, I I don't make any bones about this, as as Jason has repeated this several times. You know, it's hype is kind of an overrated thing now. I don't know if it's even a good thing. Just the the ability to be able to watch a movie, even if it's just something you caught on cable television on a Saturday back in the '80s, and then over the course of several years, you realize, hey, that movie was good. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't have to realize it right then and celebrate it and put a big flag on it. Right. It's right. Just, it's just. Yeah, just have fun. Yeah. All right. On that note, we will head out. We we made it. We made it three hours. Look at that. Look I at wouldn't that. plan on doing I three knew hours. We could. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for us, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Uh, don't forget all of our uh, all of our our socials and and such. But let's see. Sci-Fi Snob has a channel. Uh, I don't think any of the rest of you guys. Majors, do you, I don't think any of the rest of you guys are doing anything actively on 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 video or platforms right now right and technically neither am i so well you ought to be all right thanks Mazers, right for being oh, here okay. all last right one, last all right so uh let me throw our socials and everything up on the screen there for you to see that includes our newsletter and the discord where you can sign sign up for that and uh, that will do it for us uh, today i do want to thank everybody for being here thank all of you in the chat and we will do this again on Monday. I don't know that we have... What do I have anything scheduled on Monday yet? I don't think I do have... I don't. But we will We will have something uh, going on on Monday. So in the meantime, have a great weekend. Go see Argyle. Go read my review. Uh, I will get a review of Wavelengths out this weekend. So be looking for that. And uh, remember, the politicians hate you. The media lies to you. God has a plan for you, and there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2024, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.